A capsized boat, thousands dead, one group that will fight the odds to survive, the worst New Year's ever, all this can only mean one thing. We're comparing the Poseidon Venture and Poseidon on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Dan Bueller. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake, the podcast where we compare movies and the remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's episode is the Poseidon Adventures and Poseidon. Yeah, you know what? I think the energy is a little different on this episode, so I'm going to ask you what your first experience with the movie is. Okay, I'll do that after we do the, uh, after I just get into the details of each movie. Sure. The Poseidon Adventure, 1972, was when it was made, starring Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine, Red Buttons, Stella Stevens, Shelley Winters, Jack Albertson, Carol Lindley, Pamela Sue Martin, Roddy McDowell, Eric Shea, and Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Directed by Ronald Neem. Screenplay by Sterling Silphant and Wendell Mays. Music by John Williams? <laughs> Poseidon, 2006, starring Kurt Russell, Josh Lucas, Richard Dreyfuss, Emmy Rossum, Jacinda Barrett, Mike Vogel, Mia Maestro, Kevin Dillon, Freddie Rodriguez, Jimmy Bennett, and Fergie. Too many people. (laughs) There's a lot of people in both these movies. Directed by Wolfgang Peterson. I just wanted to point out that he did Das Boot and The Perfect Storm, so this guy knows water films. (laughs) Screenplay by Mark Protosevich. Music by Klaus Bedell. And he did music for K-19 Widowmaker and the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So he also has done water, his fair share of water films. Both of these films are based on Paul Galiso's novel, The Poseidon Adventure, which was written in 1969. And yes, we usually start every episode by saying, what is your first experience with both of these films? And you had... Asked me, so I think I think um, for this particular one, I know typically you ask me <laughs> what my experience is, but Dan, what's your experience with these films? Sure, um, I have no experience with either of these films. I remember when the remake came out. Right. I remember because uh, Josh Lucas, I kind of he was kind of on the radar in the early two thousands. I remember he was up for Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight, so That's I was right. like. I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of track this guy's career. If he is going to be the, in The Dark Knight, he was not. Totally not. <laughs> Aaron Eckhart instead. Um, I had no interest in seeing the movie. I might have caught a bit of, maybe a second of it on HBO, but I had never actually sat down and seen the whole thing. I knew the premise of it. I knew it was a remake. Um, but that was pretty much it. I'm fresh for this podcast. I have a... Very strange obsession with these films. Oh, um, go on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of actually started with, um, for homework, I, I told you about the Pokemon Indigo League episodes about yes. this. Which so, I also was forced to watch because Reggie's like, you gotta watch it. Like, I All right. totally made him watch it. <laughs> so there's, uh, in season one of Pokemon, uh, the first series, Indigo League, episode like 22, they get on the SSN and it gets shipwrecked. Not so, shipwrecked. 
It just gets, well, capsized, right? Capsized. Yeah. 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 I think the episode is called Shipwreck. Oh, Pokemon <laughs> Shipwreck. Uh, again, weird obsession with these <laughs> these films. So I remember watching that as as a kid, and then for some reason it stuck with me. So one time, the Poseidon Adventure was on television, and I was like, "It's kind of like that Pokemon episode." <laughs> and I watched it, and then I watched uh, later on, just organically, like you said, it was 2006. So I was watching a lot of films uh, as a college kid at that time, and I watched Poseidon. Um, and weirdly, bring this all full circle, right before my wedding, this is a crazy sentence, some of Pri's friends came into town, and before rehearsal dinner and some other things, uh, we were all kind of kicking around, I was like, hey, Poseidon's on Netflix, why don't we watch Poseidon? <laughs> and everyone that was watching, except for Pri, had a good time, but Pri was like, <laughs> again, because of my obsession, she was like, I've seen this way too many, <laughs> way too many times. I've seen Poseidon... Five times? Wow. In the Poseidon Adventure, uh, we're pretty we're pretty close. I can't explain it. It's just a weird. It's weird. It, yeah, it's, it's weird. weird I, I will totally I will totally cede that ground. I admit that I have a weird fascination with uh this particular disaster film. Alright, well we'll let you take the reins then when we get into the comparisons. But before the <laughs> before that, let's go over this synopsis. It is a very brief synopsis. This is not a very story-heavy movie, um, but we'll get to that. Here we go. It's New Year's Eve. The cruise ship Poseidon has lots of passengers. After midnight, a huge wave comes and flips the ship over. Most people are told to stay put, but one group of people decide to take matters into their own hands and find a way out. They go through lots of ordeals, quarrel amongst themselves, and some of them even die. But ultimately, they make their way out. The end. Man, that is a deeper synopsis than, <laughs> than the movie might deserve. Dude, I was going to just say, like, there was a bunch of people on a boat that flipped over and some of them made it out. That was going to be my original <laughs> synopsis. I dug deep for that one, yeah. Yeah. All right, um, everything's different. Uh, the only thing that stayed the same was the name of the boat, honestly. <laughs> and then it flips over. Every other detail is different about these. Um, sure. So, I thought maybe we should go into the characters uh, I, to start. I don't know. If it's the that. only thing you have to lock on. <laughs> because, like, the the story is so straightforward. It's a boat. It's New Year's. Wave. Problem. And mm-hmm. then, like, the only thing that's hooking you in are the characters. So, you ha- that's a great place to start. All right, we might as well start with our lead characters, uh, the two male leads in each movie. We have Reverend Scott and Mike Rogo, played by Gene Hackman and Ergus Borgnine. And then we have Dylan and former Mayor Ramsey, played by Josh Lucas and Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Where do we even start with the comparison? I, I guess they have different jobs. They have different jobs. I think... Um... Because both these movies are sort of designed for you to focus on one lead. In the 1972 film, Gene Hackman is by far the biggest star yeah. um, in the film. He come fresh off, like I believe, The French Connection, and he was, he was a big draw. Uh, some of the other actors... They were popular, yeah, famous, but um, I've seen Ernest Borgnine, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Shelley Winters, you know, like these are solid actors, but like kind of they were more towards the end of their careers, whereas Gene Hackman was fresh into his. 
Kurt Russell would also be, I guess, your equivalent, who's the big name that people are going to instantly recognize yeah. and could get butts in the seats. Um, <clears throat> I think, for me, the Gene Hackman and the Kurt Russell portrayals are very, very similar, mm-hmm. although they're doing two different things career-wise. But they basically are the sort of square jaw, kind of goody two-shoe older guy that's going to take the charge and lead lead people through this uh, disaster. Um, I don't know, because it's kind of split. I feel like it's definitely uh, Gene Hackman in the original, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily Kurt Russell who's driving everybody. It's kind of split between him and Josh Lucas. And like the first person who wants to get out of that room is Josh Lucas, too. That's fair. So it's like, it was yeah, it was harder to do... It's hard to do a one-to-one comparison of this because so many of the personalities... Um, of like characters in the original are like split between several characters in the right. remake. So I would say that Gene Hackman is clearly the person with the plan and with the impetus yeah. to get out of the situation. And uh, both movies really do this um, quite a bit in their portrayals. These guys, well, actually, more more Gene Hackman. He thinks he's right. Like yeah. there is no question mark. My plan is the plan. Anyone that's not paying attention is kind of a dumbass, <laughs> in his opinion, even though, like, his plan is also absolutely insane. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty nuts. And he's got this, he's a reverend, but he's a renegade, rebel yeah, reverend. Yeah, he, he, he's been exiled to Africa for some reason. <laughs> but let me start with this um, for myself, just to give backdrop for the movies. In the original film, it is a, it is a boat ride from New York to Athens. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, everybody's going everywhere but Athens. <laughs> That's true. Gene Hackman's going to New York. Someone's going to Israel. Hey, hey, hey. You know? Rosens are going to Israel, yeah. But like, basically Gene Hackman has, like, his particular brand of Christianity just doesn't sit well with the church. And they're going to um, basically exile him to Africa. And it, he's a very kind of jaded lead like he is a preacher but he he's got he's rough around the edges i got the quote he says he says he's angry rebellious critical a renegade totally <laughs> and uh you even get um the rogo character at one point saying oh hey preachers talk like that what are you from the slums <laughs> like uh he, that was pretty good yeah thanks man. <laughs> i have a weird obsession with these films um but <laughs> gene hackman is is the type of guy that like he is a rebel so when someone tells him that stay put that just does not resonate mm-hmm. with him at all like he's like nope the cl- the boat's clearly upside down we gotta make our way up we have to get out of here and and I think that you have locked in on what a key difference is in the films is that Kurt Russell though he does like you mentioned he splits that leadership time like sure he's pushing to get them out of there but uh, Lucas also has I would say they're kind of like co-equal leads in terms of yeah. getting people out of out of the ship, and that is one big difference that you see pretty early on. I'd say, like, maybe Kurt Russell's a little more, plays a little more safe than yeah. uh, Josh Lucas does. Yeah, yeah. I I think um, because what you have is a character with a hook. Kurt Russell is a dad, which is one of the big differences between the two films. So he's inherently has someone that he has to look out for. And one of the things that I don't like about his portrayal in the remake is that Kurt Russell... Is kind of a dick. 
to his daughter <laughs> yeah. the whole time. You know, like he's just sitting there. The twins are out. Yeah, like he's very obsessed with his daughter's boobs and whether they're out or not. <laughs> and uh, like he walks in on her and the boyfriend. He's like, oh, well, if I knew you guys were gonna be in here hooking up, maybe. Uh, and, and it's just like he he's a very old school. Yeah, very old school dad. Honestly, his his whole thing is actually probably putting more attention on his daughter's boobs because I don't think any of us were really yeah, yeah. <laughs> thinking about them nearly as much as he was. Um, but he does have that. He has that hook where he's worried about inherently his his child and her boyfriend. Kind of. He, he doesn't really give a fuck about that guy. Um, whereas Gene Hackman doesn't really have the same connection. He's more of like freewheeling. Um, it doesn't really matter almost like a preacher these people have become his sort of like his fold and his flock and he's yeah. he's going to lead them but he's there's no real connection to any of these people um other than his sense of duty i guess yeah i guess as a reverend and people look to you uh, in times of trouble and there he is leading them because god can't do it you have to do it yourself yeah do it yourself <laughs> yeah if you if you ever want to grab some of those like uh, little cabana seats and sit on the deck of a cruise ship and get a church sermon, uh, Gene Hackman is your man. And it's just, it's kind of, I don't know, like, the whole rebel priest thing, I think is a, a little over the top. A little? A little? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely over the top. Um, he, I'm surprised he didn't just take out a Bible and just shit on it right there. Like, honestly, he, he hates God so much in this movie. It's, it's pretty yeah, nuts. I know how we're going to get out of here. We're going to rip all the pages of this Bible and we'll use it to build a raft. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. He might as well have done that. Um, he does not give a fuck about God. And honestly, to a certain extent, man. Like, he, he wants people to start picking themselves up by their bootstraps because what's God ever done for me? Right. Um, whereas... He he dies. He goes down swinging with his motto. He and, does. What do you got now? <laughs> you talk so much. <laughs> also, um, we do have to talk about that because if you are talking about the original film, there is a lot of yelling. I mean, every <laughs> single actor is just yelling and screaming through every single scene. We'll talk about that more as we get to some of the other characters, but uh, um, he does he does look up to the sky. And, Curse God. Yes, for... he does, which is great. <laughs> totally. Whereas um, Kurt Russell, it, I I want them to commit to the whatever the hell he is because <laughs> he's an ex mayor. He's also a, a f- former firefighter. I uh, thought that was just a reference to backdraft. Like, <laughs> that's what I wrote. My, I used to be a firefighter. Ah, oh, backdraft. Yeah, <laughs> yes. totally. Totally. Which um, you know. Case in point, this is these two films are firmly rooted in the disaster movie genre, and you have a, a terrible situation that's cre- causing a situation where people have to like step their game up to get out of this like basically impossible situation. You're in a cruise ship that is flipped upside down. There's no sign of help, and the human spirit, I guess, the will to survive is is on display here. But like, I just don't quite get it you know with Kurt Russell like I like was he a good mayor was he a shit mayor like I know he kind of quit early he's a wealthy mayor uh, or... super wealthy uh he definitely got some of those taxpayer dollars lost forty thousand dollars in nah, one round like, yeah he's just like ah whatever eh. you saw my daughter's tits I know it 
Yeah, like that that type of stuff where it, I think the first movie really hits you over the head with their caricatures. And I think that you still get sort of the same thing in the remake. Uh, no one is a very deep character. But um, I don't know, like the like you said, the priest really leans into being a priest. He's yelling to the heavens, whereas like, the mayor thing, like, yeah, one or two people mentioned it, and it's like, you'd think you'd be a little bit more, like, famous. They're on a cruise ship yeah. from New York, and it seems like almost <laughs> nobody recognizes. Lucky Larry knows them. <laughs> Lucky Larry. Ooh, ooh, can't wait to get to that Oh, part. I can't wait to get to there. But yeah, I guess him being a mayor is, you know... It's very secondary. Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. It, he he might as well have just been an ex-firefighter. Yeah. That, that like, cool. won the lotto, and that's why he can, like, gamble a lot. There or even, even, don't even answer the question. Because, like, both of these films do not... You don't need to do a lot of heavy thinking <laughs> while you're watching them. Um, I guess, like, the if we're, if we're going to go with the split here, because I don't even think we can even dive into the lead character without sort of getting into our, our band of misfits. Yeah. Um, I guess the big takeaway here is that there, there is a split in responsibility in the remake that you don't see in the original... Gene Hackman gets to chew up a lot of scenery by himself. Kurt Russell gets to spread that out. I guess when you're talking one-to-one, for me, I guess I prefer Gene Hackman because he's a little more defined, again, cartoonishly, but he's a little bit more defined. And I think by having him unfettered so that he doesn't have to worry about, like, specifically his daughter and her very boring boyfriend, which we'll get into, um, I think it just gives him more freedom to just lead yeah i see that i get that i just think it's a little heavy-handed his whole uh, his whole character arc of you can't rely on god you have to do it yourself people and it's just the movie he keeps spouting that message over and over and it's just i'm so sick of it has has it Uh, been reinforced (laughs) (laughs) wait wait i gotta do it myself yeah um yeah i i just thought it was a little heavy-handed you know maybe that's just the way they kind of wrote characters in the 70s but I, when I was watching the original, I was like, I hope there's not a reverend who's going to be cursing God out in, like, the oh, remake. Man. So yeah. I was I was happy to not see his character in the remake. So I'm going to kind of disagree I, with you, Reggie. I'm going to lean more towards the, the remake. The boring ex-mayor who doesn't really <laughs> do much. So, yeah, I, I, I could see that where, like, his, his ability to sit back in the character is actually a plus in your book. I mean, he... Gene Hackman is just chewing it. He's chewing, chewing it up. It, was, it, it up. was too much for me. I don't know. <laughs> it's... Chewing it up. And uh, I guess we shouldn't really start to get to the depths yet, but I would say that uh, Russell does have the more satisfying arc in terms of his sacrifice for the team. Um, I think that what he does is more consequential when it comes to the end than um, than Gene Hackman. But I, I don't know. I, I like the... Straightforward renegade priest. Yeah, he's 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 taking names and kicking ass. Kurt Russell was a good performance. It just again he's splitting time, so I I I have to lump him in with uh, Josh Lucas's character. Yeah, I know that that's the problem with the that too that it has to be split between him and Josh Lucas. I'll give you this: uh, Gene Hackman is definitely a more memorable character. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I can I can. Quote his little things about you gotta do it yourself all day. Yeah. I, I can't tell you one thing Kurt Russell said, I, <laughs> except put the twins put, away. Put, uh, I remember uh, this this Kurt Russell quote: uh, 
could you one more button, please? <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I'm really worried about this guy's daughter's tits. You know, like <laughs> the also weirdly in the first film, and, I, and I'll put that as a knock against Gene Hackman's character. The whole like the Susan girl, like this like teen that's kind of like has a crush on him. Yeah, that, that part's weird. That like that was I, weird. I, I don't really get why that's an arc if you made him a preacher you know like it's probably just better leaving that alone but they they kind of went there because i think the first film and i'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more i think the first film is trying to throw on the, the kind of like sex a little sex more appeal, little, yeah, yeah a little bit more a little bit more for you to watch or okay. look at which which again comes back into what i find uncomfortable about the kurt russell portrayal in the other film is because you have that juxtaposition the only kind of like sex symbol. I mean, there's two really, but like one's his daughter, yeah, and it's yeah. just it's a little weird. So I'm sticking by my guns, and I, I like oh, I yeah. like Hackman's. I think yeah, yeah, I think the creepy sexual tension uh, in the original also kind of deters me from yeah. Thinking, uh, it it was it was just weird. It is it is weird, creepy sexual. Because he was it wasn't just with that girl. It was also with Roko's wife a little bit too. Yeah, that's he, true. He was getting a little handsy with her uh, during that oh, New Year's you know, celebration, man. Things happen, and um, and with, I, <laughs> Roko's wife does have a little bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, like, I'm getting way ahead of ourselves, but like. When they're getting out of that first room, I like how he's like, Susan, you have to take your dress off because you can't climb with that. Yes. He says the same thing yes. to Roko's wife. You have to take your dress off. Yep. And then uh, Mrs. Rose, old, fat Mrs. Ro- uh, Rose, no, nope, you're, you're good. Do whatever you want. <laughs> you are 100% right, and I think that that was a shameless ploy by the studio to get more butts on the screen. <laughs> more butts, more legs. More legs. So, like, Lucas's character, um, I'm drawing a complete blank. Dylan. Dylan, thank you. So Dylan is kind of our Rogo equivalent. Kind of, but he's got yeah. a lot of that rebellious <laughs> reverend in him. Yeah. Where he does like he does a lot of shit like, well, I don't know if we should do that. Well, I'm going this way. Totally. I'll put it this way, because the boyfriend is so just like a non factor. Not like irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> um I I would say that the Dylan and the Rogo are, I guess, my t- two kind of co-leads here, the two other people that have sort of taken charge as um, people of like, kind of like your traditional strength in a film, like the male lead taking charge. Um, mm. Rogo definitely more, um, he's fighting against it. He's pushing back quite a bit. Like he really yeah. doesn't believe in the plan. No, not at, at all. At, yeah. at all. Him and Reverend Scott are buttonheads a lot. And and I think that I actually probably because you want to bang his wife. Well, yeah, we're totally trying to bang his wife. I mean, if you're gonna get exiled to Africa, you might as well have some fun. Uh, so, Rogo is a cop. Yep, he's a cop. He's a cop who uh, his wife is a former prostitute. Um, she has some clients. Former clients on the boat. Potential clients. Uh, the former clients. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Definitely former clients that she's trying not to be recognized. So I can't tell if she's actually sick. She's trying to avoid being recognized. Um, Maybe Reverend Scott a, was one of her clients. It's very, very possible. Very possible. But like, um, Rogo is quite literally made of screams. Like he is, <laughs> he's just hamming it up. He just yells. He yells throughout the film. He yells at his wife to put clothes on. Or he, 
take clothes off or come down to the captain's dinner and he he does not believe in the lead at all where it's like the Lucas Dillon is as you mentioned and I, I actually forgot this myself he's kind of like the one initially leading the charge yeah, definitely and he gets along better with uh, Ramsey there's the I don't really recall the two of them butting heads as much. No, I don't think that they're... I can think of any sort of situation where they butt heads. They're actually kind of like bro-fiving and like... Yeah. Like, oh, good call on that flash fire thing. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I like that they went with sort of a younger guy who apparently is top billing over Kurt, Kurt <laughs> Russell. Um, and I, Because he was able to do more, I think. Um, it, when you have a character that's like actively helping as opposed to trying to stop <laughs> all of the uh, the plans, I, I think I generally tend to side with a guy who's a little bit more positive in the face of danger. Um, a little bit more bland, though. Yeah. I think that that conflict in the original really does make it a lot more interesting. Yeah. Because you are trying to see, like, well, who's going to take charge now? I mean, the Reverend Scott wins every time. Every time. <laughs> but at least there's some drama there, and it makes it interesting to, uh, to see the two of them interacting all the time, as opposed to Dylan and Ramsey, who are just like, all right, we're good. We're best friends going the same way all <laughs> yeah. the time. Your daughter's hot. Don't look at her tits. Yep. And <laughs> in, in, to that point, there isn't any question as to what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, um, whereas the first film... Some of the action set pieces can, um, and I saw this in your notes, can run long. Um, yes. We will get to that. Oh, we will. They can run long, but at least there's sort of this, there's a push and pull, which makes it a little bit more dynamic. And the question marks fall back onto the Reverend. So, like, his his pushiness and his attempt to make people follow him there are consequences to his actions that are not there for Kurt Russell. And honestly, the closest thing that we get to a consequential scene about the choices that were made fall back on, on Dylan in the film, um, where they basically tell him like, you know, not to beat himself up over the one stowaway that ends up dying in the film. We'll talk about her a little bit as we go along, but like the choices that led to, People dying actually fell on to Dylan in the film as opposed to um, as opposed to the mayor. If you look at it, there's okay, yeah, I, I see that. For instance, and this is very early on. This may even be too early for this because yeah, I want, I want to save. Let, that. Let's save I, that. I, All right. I know where you're going with it. All right, we'll come back to that. So yeah, I mean, like a lot of it because I think they've made. They've made um, Kurt Russell such a binary, straightforward character. They've left a lot of like the weight of the scenes to to Josh Lucas, which I guess he earns his top billing in yeah. this this respect. He's bearing the brunt of the decision making in the film. Even even though I still think that like if I was watching him, he still to me feels like a passive lead in the way that Borgenine was, but just a little bit more influence on the things that are happening in the screen. They're, they're really letting Kurt Russell take a lot of the charge. Well, I thought he was good uh, as Dylan. I thought, I thought he was more interesting than uh, Rogo. Like like you said, Rogo, Rogo was definitely like... It was interesting, I guess, a little bit, the push and pull between him and Reverend Scott, but like I said, Reverend Scott won every time. So it's totally. like he wasn't really 
contributing at all. All he right. was doing was slowing them down. So ultimately, while it made maybe a little more drama and a little more interest, but it was just, it didn't matter in the end because we always went Reverend Scott's way and um, it's kind of pointless. And like I said, or like I'll say, it's a little long, the original, sure. so we don't need all that drama. Sure. And uh, yeah, I think the Dylan character was, you know, very active and got a lot of shit done to get them out of there. So uh, props to Dylan there. Totally. I, w- I would say that props uh, to the Dylan character. Um, mm-hmm. Rogo, again, the push-pull is interesting, but, like, because he's such a dissenting voice, he is slowing them down, and he, I guess he does get the arc at the end to sort of finish yeah. the job, but, like, I, I mean, the way the movies work, and I, I think that there's a strange, I don't know if you should call it ethics, but there is a strange sort of undercurrent of authority being like not what you like traditional authority being pushed against like the people that are like the experts the captains on the boats or like officers on the boats who are giving the majority of the uh ship direction uh this ragtag group of people and both films are just like yeah fuck that Mm -hmm. um we're gonna do what we want and and i feel like rogo fits more into that category of of yeah regular authority maybe because he's a cop yeah and for whatever reason in these films regular authority is is not good yeah you better be a renegade if you're a person of authority like that reverend (laughs) well if you're gonna get off a ship you just do a bunch of random shit that shouldn't work (laughs) and and, you know i guess pray for the best but stop praying because god failed us all (laughs) um yeah i just feel that like yes rogo gets an arc but like I feel like most of the reason he's there is so that his prostitute wife yeah, that, is in the film. That's honestly the best part of Rogue is his wife. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. She's like constantly like in different levels of undress um, <laughs> throughout the film. She's adding a little bit of that type of action, which I think. But for your disaster film, I think that that is part of. Yeah, the, that's kind of part of it, and I felt like the original gets into that a little bit better. Um, Lucas, yeah, he's consistently useful, and I can't see them getting out of the situation without him. Yeah. So uh, I would say that he definitely gets a nod in my book because he's a necessary component as opposed to a resisting force. True. Do we want to get into into Rogo's wife and the daughter and the fiance too? Let, yeah, let's get into um, let's get into some of these side characters because uh, again. If, for us to even have anything to talk about, we have to look at the group yeah. as a whole. And there's not really that many of them. Yeah, not all of them are as essential, definitely. Um, I don't know, anything about Rogo's wife, Linda? Linda is a former prostitute that doesn't wear a lot of clothes. Um, she doesn't... Just take her whole dress off. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess the one character trait that I can... Uh, ascribed to her is that she does push back against Rogo. She's actually more on the side of the Reverend because, like, the Reverend's actually trying to get things done Mm -hmm. and Rogo's doing the thing that apparently in their relationship he always does, which is kind of, I don't I guess, overthink or, like, be a warrior word. Like, I I don't really quite get the dynamic, but it seems that he he can be a drag in the relationship. Yeah, it's just... Yells at him. The Reverend yells at him. Everybody just yells at Rogo. Everybody yells at Rogo. <laughs> um, but, you know, Rogo, 
arrested her all those times so he could keep her off the streets so he could marry her. Oh, and, uh, what a sweetheart. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, and, and Linda's the only thing, not person, um, the only thing that Rogo has ever loved. So she she's actually a limited character, and um, because she's so limited, I'm just going to make her equivalent. I mean, you could you could kind of flex this character around, but I'm going to basically make her equivalent the uh, the stowaway. Elena. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I could see that. I sort of made Elena go against Nani, but we can get into that. I mean, last thing about Rogo's wife, she doesn't really do much. She's just the eye candy. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say you know what. To your point, now I would put um, Nani versus uh, Elena because Rogo's wife is so inconsequential that she's more or less cut mm-hmm. from the remake. And she's not really helpless either. I'd say uh, yeah. Elena felt a little more helpless to me. That's that's very fair. Um, I, unfortunately, I think because this is a film that was made in 1972, the sole purpose of this character is to be looked at, yeah. ogled, um, and eventually cast aside with <laughs> very little consequence. I think she was fine. Like, I liked her performance, yeah. but they didn't give her anything to do yeah. other than I think not. the deeper into the roster we go here, we're going to find out a lot of these people are pretty pointless. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah, Rogo's wife really just there to make Rogo a more compelling character. Because if you take that out of it, he there is no reason... Yeah. To be behind Rogo at all, which is again why we give the nod to Lucas. So that's that character in the non-equivalent because it doesn't exist. And then, um, I guess on the other film we have instead of a wife we have Ramsey, his daughter Jen, who we said, and then her boyfriend slash fiance Christian. Um, again, just kind of both there to give Russell's character a little more depth. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is uh, unfortunately part of. Some of these characters, the wife in, uh, in for Rogo, and in this character, the daughter, in and especially it, the boy, he, oh he's so God. worthless. He, like, he's I think barely they just, in the film. They just needed, I think, to put a face to it, True. like just to give the weight of like you have to let your daughter go. And if there's no face with the the fiance or boyfriend, then we would care less. Yeah, but he's so pointless in this film. I mean, you could you could take him out of the film. He wouldn't even have to be like her boyfriend. He, he could have been a guy she met on the boat, and he's like feels a certain type of way about it, you know, because like he just doesn't he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. No. Doesn't do anything. So it's like almost like the only thing that they have in common from what we're presented is that she's kind of mad at her dad, kind of doesn't like the way he acts, and he's afraid of her dad. <laughs> so I I, I mean. I got nothing for him. I actually... Well, he's the reason there's the conflict between her and her dad. Totally. I guess. I I guess. But I think that conflict would have been there if she would have been wearing anything that wasn't a fucking, you know, like, burka or something like that. Like, it's just kind of... It's kind of crazy that, like, he's so obsessed with her sexuality and it makes him much more unlikable of a character. It's just like, yo, dude, if you just relax a little bit, I think we could... (laughs) all just enjoy the captain's dinner <laughs> you know <laughs> you know like she had the courtesy of stopping by the table while you're gambling to be like hey we're gonna go do something and all you can do is ah, put your tits away <laughs> I like she she's more compelling than Linda um but not by much yeah and the boyfriend like I was actually thinking throughout the film I was like I kind of wish I just kind of off this guy 
I um, thought they were gonna so many times. It, it, it would have made sense structurally because it, it would have, I don't know, there could have been some kind of connection, but I don't think that the film was willing, and we will no. get into deaths, I don't think they were yeah. willing to have her lose on both, both sides. Exactly, because if you lost the boyfriend, then that would make her connection with her father stronger, and to lose him too yeah, that would, would be too much. that would make her a tragic yeah. character in a way that I don't think she needs to be. Yeah. And that's not the type of film this is. This is not that type of film. <laughs> um... Uh, honestly, any sort of allegories or illusions that we're making are giving the film too much credit, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I hated the boyfriend, by the way. Yeah, I, can... I, I, like I said, I thought he was going to die, but since they went with the way they went and killed the father instead, uh, you couldn't kill both of them. Totally. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> I know it sucked, because, like, <laughs> get rid of that guy. I'm having yeah. a much better time with this this film. But, yeah, again, two characters that should matter, and they kind of don't. Yeah, they don't. At all. Oh, well, well, we're going <laughs> to yeah. get into more characters that don't matter. Oh, there's so um, many. Here's some more supporting characters. We have uh, Susan and Robin in the original, who are brother and sister. Yep. Versus Maggie and Connor, who are now mother and son. Okay. Susan is tougher pull for me as well. Um, basically, her character trait is being related <laughs> to the the brother. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess she does have like this weird sort of tension, uh, some would say sexual tension, yeah. with the preacher. Yeah, she's like a lost puppy just like hooked onto him. Yeah, and but like, it's weird. But like, uh, again, I don't know if they truly age her, but I mean like, I've got her in that 18, 19 range, you know. Yeah, that's kind of uh, her age um, when the movie was filmed. Yeah, so it's like, all right, you got this, like, 19-year-old girl that's obsessed with, like, this 40-year-old preacher. <laughs> and then her brother, who, um, I'll, I'll, give the, I'll give the brother this, has something to do. Yeah, he does. In the film, he's... <laughs> he's the kind of the reason he, they're able to know where to go at it, all. I, I, Without I, him, they'd be kind of like, well, we don't know where to go. We'll just die. And weirdly, like, more believable than the equivalents that they have in the, in the remake. Like... A kid that's, like, obsessed with boats and, like, goes to yeah. see the captain even though it's not safe. And, like, he's getting tours on a boat. Like, that precocious young mind that just is weirdly obsessed with a boat, ding, 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 comes in handy yeah, when yeah. the boat's capsized because he knows where things are. Yeah. So, like, Robin is a strong character in, in the film. Susan is... A weak character. Um, Again, I think she's just there for eye candy. Totally. She has to take her dress off. Yep. You get to see her legs. That's it. That's about it. I don't know. You just got like this hot teenager that's going to show off the legs and that's it, you know? Um, And also be afraid of things sometimes. (laughs) They definitely have an equivalent in the remake with Maggie and Connor who are even more useless (laughs) than they were in the original. Maggie who... More appropriately is kind of digging... Josh Lucas. Yeah, Josh Lucas is She's like his age. But like also they don't really explore that in any meaningful way. Yeah, there's like a little flirtation, but yeah. they, can't, they can't really go anywhere. You can't like really that. flirt when the ship's <laughs> blowing up. And then Connor, who I think is such a big backstep for the... Uh, yeah, he doesn't do anything. He the, just, uh, it's just a he's, problem. He's a huge problem throughout the film. I, I don't understand why you would shift that character. Like, yeah, I know. Like, Robin, yes, he, he's physically weak, and there's a, he needs a lot of help, 
but he is carrying his weight by far by knowing where to go. Yeah. Connor is... He gets lost? He gets lost. He has he, to go back and save like, them. I, I don't understand. It was so frustrating the second time he got lost. Like, the first time, I was like, you know what, okay, he had to use the John. You know? <laughs> Which, again, was weird. You're in a boat, just pee in the water. Um, we all do it um, in the ocean. I think we all do. <laughs> um, no one judge me if you don't. Um, just pee in the water, bro. Like, wh- like, what would possess you to leave the group the first time? I'll give, I'll give you that one. That, you know what? You want to create a little bit of drama by having the kid go somewhere else? I'll give you that. The second time, nonsensical. <laughs> He's stuck rambling in an area that doesn't make... Like, I don't even know how he got there. It seems to be far away from where the rest of the action is. Um, by the way, kid, like, I don't know who raised you. I guess your, uh, your shitty mother. But, like, <laughs> no, hey, mom, I'm going to go to the bathroom? Like... I just don't understand the need for bathroom breaks (laughs) and and what is probably, if you break it down, even if you, like, expanded the runtime, let's say this is a three-hour ordeal. You know what I mean? Like, let's just say that that's what's going on. Why is this kid finding himself lost multiple times? It just, it made the character so weak because he did the annoying kid thing that they do in movies. Yeah. That at least the first film, like, yeah, he was an annoying kid, but he was useful. Exactly. Yeah. He, they couldn't have gotten out of the boat without him. He knew the layout of the ship. And then you have Connor, who doesn't really contribute. He takes away because they have to look for him. So, you know, in these disaster situations, usually the kids are the liability. Yes. And Connor is that liability that you don't have with the original because Robin's useful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, like, tonally for the films... Um, which, again, we'll get to when we start talking about some of the deaths. But, like, both films totally do have uh, kind of more mature things, that, like very triggering and traumatic events happening throughout the film. It's almost not even worth bringing the kid along for this journey mm-hmm. with the level of sort of gore, I guess would be the word to use. Again, it's not, it's not even like the mother's actively flirting with Dylan because they, they're constantly going from problem to yeah. problem. Like, I'll, I'll say that from a pacing perspective. There's no time for these characters to sit back and interact mm-hmm. in a meaningful way. So, like, having the mother kind of be in the Dylan and the kid there doesn't add anything. And you're actually probably better off removing the kid from the equation because I think we'd be able to just sort of sit back and enjoy the film a little bit more than worrying about why this kid is disappearing. Yeah. Yeah, he was just there just to create uh, drama and... She was there just to have, be a love interest to Dylan, but like you said, they barely even explored that, I guess. I want to say there was like maybe a rewrite or two. where I want to say they wanted to originally have uh, Dylan hook up with the daughter. I, I'll say this from uh, some of my research. The runtime on the film was originally longer. It was, oh. it was about... Um, <laughs> oh, God. It was about... Um, it was closer to two hours. Oh, no. Runtime. Good cuts. And, Good cuts. And there were cuts. <laughs> there were There were cuts. Okay, so maybe they explored the characters more in those. Probably, scenes. probably. I mean, honestly, that I feel like the remake runs into that feeling of not rush, but it just seems more hurried than the, which well, it, is a positive. The ship is sinking. That's, that's <laughs> true. Gotta hurry. That is true. Which, like the original film, meanders from time to time. Which, again, we will talk about. Um, whereas the remake kind of gets right into it, but it doesn't give you as much time. 
to uh, sit back on these characters. And I, and I think what we're starting to see is that there's a lot of issues <laughs> with the characters that we're being presented with in both films, but I would say the remake may suffer from this more. So uh, um, nod to the original film for Robin and uh, Susan. One, because Susan is inappropriately assessed with the priest. Robin actually does something. And yeah. then the other two, I don't remember their names. It doesn't really matter if I remember them or not. Um, they, they barely matter. Yeah, just because you have Robin in the original who's actually useful and K- has K- all the information. I, you know, I was really disappointed with the remake there because I thought they were going to make um, the kid, you know, just as useful, maybe even more. Like, I thought, like, maybe there'll be a scene where they're like, like, where, where do I go to go here? And then someone will... One of the captains will go, you go this way, and then like have the kid correct the captain. I thought that would have been like... That would have been great. Remember when sick and they did that in the remake. But yeah. no, they, they just go, now just have him be a stupid kid. They, be, like stupid kids do. Like you're just doing kid shit, and mm-hmm. like I guess the closest thing to having him be useful is his little hands can turn a screw. Oh, and I'm like sitting here looking at this scene with the screw, and now they I really had to suspend the this cross that and, they got everything well, to like, work there. It's a ship. These are like industrial. <laughs> like that thing was screwed down like, you know, heavy machinery. There's no way. Yeah, little tiny no, kids' wrists is going to be no able to No way, that man. And then the other the other side of it, I feel like we're jumping ahead a little bit, so we'll get back into characters. But like the idea that like, I'm just going to twist Like it's just that's the type of action they, they're showing me in the middle of like a crazy film like can we unscrew a vent? Like that's, I felt like they, they left something on the table there, but we'll get to more, more of that. Yes, we will. Let's go on to another character. Totally. Care comparison. We have Mr. Martin and Mr. Nelson, I guess are kind of lonely old guys. Yes. Yes. Mr. Martin is a strange fellow. Yes. (laughs) He's a strange fellow. Um, He runs, he likes to run. He owns a haberdashery. Uh, he's a he's a serial bachelor, but I mean, in the sense that like he's not dating anyone. He's got no time for the ladies because the hat shop just keeps him so busy. And I don't know, man. <laughs> like even when he starts kind of like interacting with Nani, like. It just—it's not very believable. It was weird. Were they, was that supposed to be like a love interest? For I think so, but like, yeah, um, like it wasn't. Believable. It's, it's 1972. I, I don't think they were willing to explore a gay character, which is what we see in the remake. I—I I mean, he—he's not gay in the film. I don't really know Red Button's affinity. It doesn't really matter to be honest. But like, uh, he—he's just there. He's an odd guy, and the only person that seems to like him is Shelly Winter's uh, character. So, like, I, I don't really get him. Uh, I guess he, like, again, he helps he helps encourage Nani in the film, and that has its uses, but, like, I just don't buy that him and that woman are, like, starting to connect. I'm, right. not, I'm not buying it. Yeah, he's, he's pretty forgettable. I don't really know what he does other th- other than like just hearing what Shelley Winter says just that he's very lonely and she's very kind to him and uh, that's all I really know about him like as per his contributions to them getting out I don't really remember anything he did I don't know anything he did to kind of hinder them from progressing either so he, overall he's pretty forgettable character for me 
I'll say I'll say this as a positive for him because the Nani character who we will discuss is um so afraid and kind of like you know she's paralyzed by fear. Um, he does help move her along, but again, um, it just kind of adds to more of you're all gonna do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's not really. Like, I get the back and forth, and I guess it's building out those two characters, but those two characters, to me, did not feel like they needed the extra attention that we spent on them. Um, yeah. If she had done something uh, to help her, where it, like, made her do something that helped the entire group that they couldn't have done, then maybe it right. would have been worth something. Right. But like you said, they were going to go in that direction anyway. Totally. Whether he was there to give her those pep talks or not. So it was kind of inconsequential. Also, her character is kind of boring yeah. yeah like i said if she had done something with what he had told her and done it turned it around to help the group that would have been interesting but ultimately they're hit we're getting ahead here yeah. we're talking about her but totally. i thought he was pretty boring and pointless and she is kind of too yeah she's more yeah. boring and pointless well like the one thing i'll give mr martin with with the idea of being like the guardian of nani or whatever is that he I mean, the biggest thing he does is that when they swim through one section, I guess she can't swim, which is a big problem when you're in a, <laughs> this particular situation. Why are you on a boat if you can't to- swim? Totally, totally. But like a uh, jazz he, festival? There's so many other things that she could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, he does kind of drag her along in parts, so I guess that's a contribution. He's taking the, the literal anchor and... I guess, but like, she's like such a boring character. She doesn't do anything. That's like, true. Just don't have her in the movie. That's true. And then his character's pointless because she's not there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, an elderly Jewish couple kind of feeling bad about uh, sort of recluse who's a seemingly, you know, he's a nice enough guy but he's just socially awkward and, you yeah. know, a, again, a serial bachelor... He's probably never going to get married. And I think that, like, the message that, like, oh, he finally met somebody, I guess, in, in this terrible situation. Maybe there's something there, but, like, it's just, it, I'm not buying it. Um, doesn't ring true. And, like you mentioned, the biggest sin of them all, we were talking about film, boring. Yeah. Um, Richard. Richard Dreyfus, Mr. Nelson. Richard Dreyfus. You know, there's uh seemingly important reveal, but it's really not that important that he's a... Architect? Well, yeah, that he's an architect and that he's uh, he's gay. Like, he's... He, I guess he... Um, something's going on in his personal relationship and it makes him, like, suicidal. Um, that's not really fleshed out because um, his counterpart's not there. So, like, I guess I'm just context clues and mm-hmm. his behavior... But, uh, yeah, and also him being an architect, which is mentioned, like, maybe once, but also has nothing to do no. with a boat. Um, I, don't, I don't remember architects being, like, ship makers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just, it's not structurally sound if it's upside down. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I could have told you that, buddy. Right, right. I think the kid could have told you that, like, in the first <laughs> film, you know? Um, yeah, he's, he's kind of a boring character, too. Uh, he really doesn't have anything to do except... That he, that, that Are we going to talk about that now? No, no. I, okay, I'm just going to say that he is responsible for somebody's death. He? And that is it. That's all he does. And the consequences of the death. I, are, I can't wait. There's none. I can't. Wait. Yeah, so, that. That's that's another again big sin that they have these big moments that he has 
that ultimately um, don't change yeah. his behavior. Yeah, he has quite an interesting background and setup, but goes nowhere. I would say that, weirdly, as as many characters as we've named already, um, in, in this remake, I would put him kind of squarely in the three spot, even though he's not that important yeah. either. So it's like, you, you got Kurt Russell, you got uh, Josh Lucas, and I would say Richard Dreyfus being your kind of like supporting actor, per se. Um, far more important than um, Mr. Martin is, than Red Buttons, but still very inconsequential to yeah. uh, what's going on in the film. He never does anything that helps them progress more. He actually messes up and like, air blows in his face. and Yeah, like, that. Pretty pathetic. Um, I thought that was going to, like... I thought that was steam, and I thought his face was going to burn yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I also thought, like, if you're being honest about that, he's probably dead. <laughs> it, just a man of his age, a steel door that's being, like, shot open by the engines of an industrial cruise ship, like, I don't think he's alive. Like, I think you get more than just, like, a broken nose, mm-hmm. which I don't even think he had that. Yeah, like, I don't think he did either. Uh, a couple scrapes on his face. Strange. Um, I mean, you know, he throws out a couple, like, we can do it's in there, but, like, he... he we can do it. He doesn't, he doesn't do much. No, he's kind of boring. I guess we can go to the, the women they were kind of caring, taking care of. Sure. Nani versus Elena, or stowaway. Uh, I said it already. Nani's boring as hell. Nani is extremely boring. Um, as we mentioned before, paralyzed by fear. Um, the best thing that she's got going is her legs. The legs and uh, there's got to be a morning. Yeah. <laughs> which was actually a popular song. Um, she gets to sing the song, so you know. Um, her brother dies, and then yeah. she's like They're, paralyzed by fear. Mister Martin it, helps her out of it. It's, I mean, it's basically a shitty Sonny and Cher, but then, like, once you get rid of Sonny, she doesn't really read a Cher. Yeah, she, she's just too afraid too often throughout the film. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah, she never really overcomes that fear. Elena is... Elena might be the most interesting character, and even still, no. <laughs> um... She's a stowaway, and she wants to see her brother, and she likes Jesus because she wears her cross, and yeah, that's I, I, don't got, I don't know if you got anything else here. Uh, um, well, they, they they killed her off, so <laughs> yeah, they, you have to stick with her along. They do kill her off. I guess, like, the one thing, and again, this, this does feel like it was supposed to be a longer film um and someone's probably like there's no way you can get them to watch more of this the interaction that she has with with dylan at the beginning where it's clear that she hasn't she's a stowaway because she hasn't come through the main sort of lobby area Mm -hmm. before and things like that so dylan again i think it's supposed to build his character arc that he's he's observant and like you know street smart he's able to kind of discern that she's a stowaway but it doesn't go anywhere. So. Yeah, I almost thought I almost thought that was a love interest thing. I thought so too. too. I thought but so too. Yeah, I think it would have been a better way. one than um, Maggie. Than, than Maggie. And then the the other thing too, like if you were going to do the love interest with that, when you, we do have the death, it seems like the person trying the hardest is Kurt Russell. So I would I would have liked maybe if 
if Dylan would have tried harder there or had more like mm. at stake uh, for that death. But like, mm-hmm. really, no one has anything at stake for that death because anyone that would have cared uh, is no longer. Around. I think Mr. Nelson cared the most, honestly, because after like Kurt Russell gives up, he's just like kind of cries on her. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I mean, even that, like, I don't know. I guess he's connected to her because uh, she grabbed his foot in that one vent, you know? Yeah, but yeah. like, uh, yeah, she overcame. She over. She's kind of like Nani, um, that she's always scared, but then she did overcome the fear totally. to help him in the vent. So, you know, she had a little bit of growth. Right. And then they kill her off. Yeah, I just felt like for what she was doing in the film, um, when she helped the boyfriend get from under the. Uh, when he was stuck under that girder, when her cross was the thing that got them out of that mm-hmm. vent. Like, um, when you have a character like that, who's not like just your standard run of the mill character, she's a stowaway. Maybe she's got some skills that we could, um, we could work on. And that just never happens. I just yeah. felt like that character out of all of them was the biggest sin in terms of there was belief, believability that she was able to do something and they just kind of let the guys take over yeah there's um, a lot of potential with uh what she could have done and she could have maybe even like been the one to take them all the way to the end but they just kind of killed her off yeah i think um like you said kurt russell plays it safe i think the movie plays it safe with their portrayal um they don't branch out very much which is why i think the synopsis was so similar and they they leave things on the table that could have made this a more uh, compelling portrayal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she suffers from the same problem that many of the other characters suffer from. All right, we've got this story, but we don't we don't push it. We don't do anything yeah. with it. Sorry, we got another thing in the ship we got to deal with. We can't really... No time for that. Yeah. So, But I'll give her over Nani, because Nani's just... Oh, crazy. yeah. She, she's a much more compelling and interesting character um, than Nani. I think that it's good that she's in the film... My biggest complaint is that they don't let her yeah. do more. Uh, I guess we could quickly go over the the people that work there. We kind of skipped over because we have Acres and Valentine, our two uh, boat employees. They're the same thing. They're the same thing. They're both kind of there. They both kind of they're, die right they're, away. Yeah, they're, they're in the movie so shortly that uh, hey, who cares? All um, right, we don't have to do I'll, I'll, I'll give him this. Valentine is least knows a little bit about the shit. Like, he was sort of guiding them in a way that the kid was. And then they kill him off, so, like, then they cease to be a guide. And I guess they, like, pick up maps every once in a while that are upside down, they turn them around. But, like, yeah. um, Valentine, I guess, was more helpful in direction. But, I mean, really, they're both there to be like, hey, I'm stuck up here, and you can get up here, too. Yeah. And now we, we're now past the point where we're stuck in the dining hall and the adventure begins but like they, they do nothing um, I'll give it Valentine has his death definitely had woo! the oh shit moment that, that is <laughs> we will get to that yeah we will we'll talk that. I guess well there's um, other characters I definitely want to cover them because uh, they're interesting but they don't really have equivalents uh, yeah. so we have Belle and Manny Rosen in the original um, I just want to say Belle Rosen is my favorite character in the original Belle Rosen is the most human character in the film. Um, I think she has the best arc. She's got a great arc. Um, she defies expectations. 
Um, and, and honestly, Shelly Winters, uh, from what I understand, she actually put a lot of work into that scene where she's, you know, she's a former diver. Like, her technique of diving oh, into yeah. the water was, was pretty uh, pretty cool. And, like, oh. she, she apparently took the role very seriously. She even put on weight for the role. Oh, wow. To, um, to play more believable. And, um, you know, Shelly Winters is is a good is a good actress. Um, you know, I don't know if enough people know about her, but, like, she has the best arc in the entire film. She matters. Um, she sacrifices. Yeah. And she she keeps things very grounded. I'm glad that she's in the movie. Yeah. Because, uh, Definitely one of the highlights of the film for me. You take her out, it, it gets... It gets... Significantly cool. worse without yeah. her. I mean, Mr. Martin without Shelley Winters, I, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. There. Um, and, and a... Uh, a retro versus remake yeah, alumni. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Grandpa Joe. Grandpa and Joe. Mr. Rosen. I was surprised. I didn't know he was in anything else. I thought he was just the Grandpa Joe from yeah. Willy Wonka. Grandpa Joe in it. Grandpa yeah. Joe in it. Yeah, he's not really that important. You know, he's his wife's Mrs. Rosen. Enough said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're married to a woman like that, you're good in my book, sir. Totally. <laughs> um, he, he does get the ability to... Uh, to take a loss in the film, and I think he's the best at it out of everyone yeah. that loses something in the film. She's she's just more with it and interesting. Like he's there, yeah. kind of just overpowered by her portrayal. But he he's fine. He's just not doing much. It's almost an interesting character flip between them two because like he's kind of pushing her, and then when she takes the lead, like she really yeah. soars above him when she uh, decides to dive in the water, and it's uh. It was an interesting uh, dynamic in that relationship, and man, she was such a good character. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right because, like, early on, they they kind of shit on her the whole time. Like, yeah, she's for being old and fat. They're like and they're the, picking her up with like hoses. Yeah, and, it's like I I can pick up a 600 pound uh, yeah. whatever fish out of and I didn't mean to call you fat. Yeah, this point it, it's and then like thankfully somebody in the film said, you know what? I know you guys have been. Counting me out. <laughs> but I used to be a motherfucking swimmer. Yeah, yeah. And dive right, dive, the <laughs> the heart attack is a little hokey. It was, it was stupid. I didn't, I didn't like how she died. Uh, yeah. I didn't like that she died at all. I mean, I'll accept that she died, but having a heart attack right after it was yeah, pretty yeah. stupid. But just having that character arc, like, after the boat capsizes, she's telling uh, Manny, she's like, you're going to have to go yeah. to Israel because I'm not going to make it. And she's like saying goodbye she's yes. like this is it this is the end for me yeah he's like are you kidding me no we're going and then just to see where her character goes how she ends up man it's just like that's totally. how you do a character that's man. totally totally Holy shit i mean like and that is i almost started crying too during that scene when she's like you, you're going to go without me you yeah have to go to israel i can't do it i was like oh my god it's so fucking heartbreaking totally i think that like um there were chances early on where she could quit and they didn't let her. Like you said, Manny didn't let her quit. And then her moment came and she rose yeah. rose above it. And it's just one of those things where like any film that we watch, if you're going to be this type of character, which is quite truly an auxiliary supporting character, way to use your screen time. I yeah. mean, like she, she is in fact probably one of the more compelling, that's one of the more compelling scenes in the film. And... I mean, when when the call comes, she nailed it. Yeah. So. You know, I feel like that's kind of the missed opportunity with the Elena character. Right. We right. had this character who was kind of scared. She like was that. getting pushed. Mm-hmm. And then 
we felt like there was that thing that she could have done, but yeah. she was just never given that opportunity. Yeah, it's like handing somebody your necklace isn't. Yeah. That's not No. That's not it. That's not it. That's not the equivalent of like I'm diving in, and I'm going to yeah. go, she saves the fucking yeah. day. <laughs> she saved the, I'm going to do it myself guy. <laughs> the guy gets stuck under a fucking door, and she's like. I'm surprised he didn't push her off. And go, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. No, great great character. I'm glad that she's in there. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, there's not really an equivalent. No, not, but, at, uh, all. not at all. Yeah, the remake. Totally. Are you kidding me? Again, it's from some of the research I did on the film, she took that role very seriously. That's good. No. It, very seriously. My favorite character in the film. Good job, Shelly Shelly yeah, Winters. Totally. Awesome. So we have our captain, Leslie Nielsen, and then he's talking to a sort of a mustache twirling yeah, mysterious man. guy, uh Lenar Lenarcos? Yeah. Over his shoulder, who's telling him faster. We yeah. must go faster. <laughs> yeah. We're um, already three days behind schedule. Yeah. Um I love Leslie Nielsen, but Pretty pointless characters, especially the uh, the guy telling him to go fast. Yeah, I mean Leslie Nielsen. I like that he, you know, he plays it very serious and he sticks with his guns more or less until he's kind of like um, about to be relieved of duty and he's like, you know what, this is on you. But I, like, I'll do it. But like, uh, I don't want to. The Lynn Carl's guy. First of all, why the hell is he there? I will give the movie this. As pointless as those characters are, there is a point to the disaster. Somebody caused this, and, you know, that's better than it just happened. I don't know. Did he really cause it, though? I mean... I feel like... Because there was a sea quake. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. That's true. I feel like they would have hit the sea quake, tsunami, no matter what. I think so, but, like, I, I think technically... They're taking on more in the ballast and stuff like that. There's, like, different things that, like, maybe the Seaquake still just takes them out anyway. But, like, I feel like they're being put closer to that danger by the arrogance of this one guy. Or really greed of this one guy. And you're right. Like, is it what takes over the top? Maybe not. And so you could read it as that would have happened anyway. I, I gave it... The benefit of the, I imagine they were there for the reason of somebody's yeah. responsible. Kind of remind me of Titanic. It did. That, that one guy was told, we got to get there faster. Yeah. So. And, and I, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like, yeah, there's three more days on this cruise ship, which doesn't really make sense. No, it doesn't. Because, like, the whole thing is that this is the last voyage of the Poseidon. So, like, what? You're the investors, the owner, like, what? what <laughs> Why, why does it matter that we get there earlier? Like, you're right. It's it's a type of mustache twirling that doesn't really <laughs> make sense or pay off. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess if you're going to blame somebody, because I think sometimes audiences need the bad guy, that would be uh, that would be it. Mm-hmm. I guess our bad guy in the, <laughs> <laughs> the remake is, is uh, what, Lucky Louie? Lucky Larry. Larry? Larry? Okay, Lucky Larry, who... I mean, what can you say about Lucky Larry? You didn't get that way by not being lucky. Or, yeah. They don't call me lucky for nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. Ke- Kevin, Kevin Dillon Dillon. playing characters. Johnny's drama. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you're going to have an unlikable guy, and again, I know we say this a lot when we're talking about our films. We'll mm-hmm. get to this when it comes to deaths. I guess it's good that you took him out early enough, but, like, yeah. he's so unlikable. Yeah. But he's 
also simultaneously more interesting than most of them. <laughs> That's true. It's like... That's true. It's like by being a dick, he's actually... He brings something that <laughs> nobody else brings. And, and again, like, pointing to this probably being a longer film, um, when guys are like, oh, take it easy on that when he's drinking out of the flask, like, yeah. so, why? Like, <laughs> to be honest, like, I'm kind of with this guy. <laughs> I, I'm drunk. Uh, the ship's the ship's upside down. The mayor sucks. <laughs> Guess you couldn't. You didn't cut the mustard. You know, like you didn't. You didn't have it, bro. And he's like ripping shots. He's like, you know what, man? If the ship was was already upside down, the likelihood clearly of survival is non-existent <laughs> um, outside of this very miraculous journey. You know what, man? Take another swig and go out <laughs> fucking with your. Go out swinging, dude. Like, why not? Probably weirdly wants to bang that guy's daughter and probably could be a nicer guy, but uh, I don't not... Like, I do understand his demeanor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is also, from a movie standpoint, he's probably too unlikable for you to have, like, saddling your characters. Uh, He's just... He's the... Yeah, he's the dick of the group. And then... He totally has a target on his back, like, the whole time. And you, you knew his death was coming when it was coming. It was just... Yeah. I feel like you could have done something interesting with him. Like, you know, we talked about how just Mrs. Rosen... What an arc. I mean, you give him an arc. You make him the dick, right? Right. And then you just maybe give him this moment where he kind of redeems himself. I feel like you could have went there. But instead, you just... No, he's just a dick. Don't worry, he's going to die anyway. It's like... Yeah. I don't know, man. Dude, yeah. I just felt like... um to your point, I feel like they just phoned it in. It's like you got him there, and you didn't you didn't go anywhere with it, man. Like if you're going to introduce a character, again, make it make it matter. Especially a guy like that who I will argue has more scenes <laughs> than some of the people yeah. that are throughout the entire film. They're more memorable scenes, totally. For sure. Totally. I mean, he was at least creating some drama there. You know, kind of. We were talking about how our two male leads, uh, Dylan Ramsey, didn't have any like. Yeah. Back and forth, you know, because you don't have the Mike Rogo to push against this guy. You know, he was there to create a little bit of that drama, and I, uh, I, I think it was a wasted opportunity. Totally, I think, um, yeah, you're right that he could have picked up that Rogo mantle a little bit. Yeah, and um, it, I think that you could have made it actually more satisfying to kill him off later, as opposed to just like, oh, he's just kind of a dick, so we don't like him, and we're gonna kill him. Like, I think that. Having him be along the adventure more, kind of complaining and being a jerk, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have paid off more in the long run if they had him there a little bit longer. Yeah. Because, um, again, out of everybody in the film, he's probably, like you said, from an acting perspective, the more, one of the more interesting and memorable characters, uh, even if it's for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. All right, that about rounds out all the characters. Whew, there's so uh, many. I know, there's a lot. Is there anything else you want to say, or should we just jump right into these action set pieces? No, I'll say this. Um, before, you know, we get into action and sort of, like, where we, we're going with these films, to, to round this out, put this into a neat little bow before moving on, overall, I think I like the characters in the first film more, and I think that is still true, especially, like, you mentioned Shelley Winters. It gets a very very tight outside of that. I know. Uh, Gene Hackman and Kurt are like a push. I just think that like at least the first film 
they may not be consequential characters, but they're fleshed out again in a caricature type of way. But they're fleshed out in a way that this other film, I don't really know a lot about anybody. Like, I, there's no, I guess Elena needs to see her brother or something like that. There's not like the kid in Israel. There's mm-hmm. not like the serial bachelor. Like the, the characters are more fleshed out in their very monolithic portrayal of uh, what they are. It's old guy, fat lady, <laughs> uh, bachelor, priest. Like at least it's straightforward and you know what you're getting into. I'm going to go ahead and give it to the original too. Mrs. Rosen just oof, helps. Great character. <laughs> They took a step back with Connor, too. Totally. Uh, Robin yeah, was a, a much point. stronger character there, too. And then just... I don't know. It's just... That Mrs. Rosen arc. You don't have anything like Nothing that. Like in the, that. In the remake. And Nothing like it. it was such a good story. And Sorry, remake. I mean... Uh, there's a lot of characters I don't like in the original. But there's also characters I don't really care about in the remake. But uh, I definitely care about Mrs. Rosen's story the most. And she's in the original. So, let me go that way. Yeah. I think that that's a fair assessment um just a little bit more to care about yeah originally definitely just a little bit more (laughs) and it's enough all right let's get into the action because that's what this movie that's the star of the film yeah these action set pieces that we have uh the way i kind of set it up is do you want to just go over every action yeah let's go the original and then yeah like the big kind of action set pieces um in the original and then kind of come back and talk about the equivalent. Okay, I guess we could try that. From our Seaquake wave versus our Rogue wave. Yes. In the remake. Yes. Um, the boat flip. How do you want to talk about the boat flip? I mean, obviously, you got the practical effects in the original versus the very CGI heavy yeah. remake. CGI bothered me very early on in the original. I just felt like the boat. And I know it's been a couple of years now, and I'm sure at the time it looked okay. Mm-hmm. But like, the boat just does not look real. There was that open. The opening shot of the remake is kind of following, or just going around the boat, mm-hmm. and it kind of follows Josh Lucas's character a little bit. And it was just, it didn't look good. It does not look it good. Look it, good. It, it just, I did not think that I was looking at a real boat. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate the zoom in to the Josh Lucas, um, but I remember like, in my head. When it was nighttime, being like, thank God they're trying to show this as more of a night scene. Because during the day, I, I was not feeling that yeah. boat at all. Um, and in the original, I mean, like, it's probably just a boat. <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah. for, probably a boat, you know. Um, I guess, what's your take on the the effects of the boat flip in the original? I thought it was, was alright. I mean, they did the best they could. I was trying to figure out how they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't sure... Um, if they like actually took like a room and just like actually rotated it or something, um, but you know it was, it was okay. <laughs> uh, I yeah. wasn't really blown so you, away so by it. So you're talking more about like the actual effect of the flip indoors, like mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Because um, like the remake tries to portray some of the outdoor stuff more, but like I think that the practical effect, and I think you're right, it's like maybe a soundstage or something like that that they're rotating it just felt realer yeah well we're like you had talked about it this they're using a lot of computer graphics in that remake and 2006 not as good so you mm-hmm. can definitely tell um what was fake and what wasn't and then there's just something about 
seeing real people like just flying across the room yeah. um, as opposed to oh that's clearly fake or that's computer computer yeah. animated over there you know we'll discuss this more in sort of like a recap element of this but like people were taking some real like stunts in that like they're they had to make people slide down mm-hmm. um, this set that portion of it was real like people were you know yeah. <laughs> actually being slid across the set and where the original shines is in these practical effects and CGI. I guess you can do more, but yeah, I, I, I like seeing. Yeah, I don't feel the weight. There, I think there was a guy that got like electrocuted in the remake. I mean, after a big drop, and it just you could just see how fake it looked, and it, the impact yeah. of it wasn't really there for me. Totally. But you know, they they showed more of the boat, like different sections. They actually showed the flash fire right. in the remake. Uh, they showed. And it was split, too, because we weren't just in that big hall. We were split between the club where the daughter yeah. was and that uh, big hall. So they were able to show more. But, I don't know, I kind of like the claustrophobic feel of the original. Totally. Just in this one room. Totally. I like the idea of it being sort of a multi-floor issue for them. The fact that the daughter is separated and doing her own thing. But, to your point, some of the things that are happening in that scene are goofy shit like the electrocution yeah it's over the top and it was like it's weirdly like only in one section yeah I thought that's where the boyfriend was gonna die I thought he was gonna get electrocuted yeah. well, I he, thought he was gonna die the first time well, he, based on what we were seeing he should've <laughs> he should've been electrocuted because I doubt that those girders were like separate like they <laughs> probably were connected in some way structurally I think less can be more to your point that mm-hmm. making it more claustrophobic Making you see kind of all these people in one spot, yeah, felt it just felt better mm-hmm. to me, less to less to think about, and I think when you're looking at something like that, you start to ask your ask the question, how did they do that? And I think that if you don't know how they did it, that movie magic, yeah, is there. That's true. And then as opposed to like, well, they obviously did that computer, right. Right. So there's that, just not, the not knowing really kind of draws you in a little bit more than just, ah, oh, it's just a computer. Totally. Um, one of the big action s- sequences in that boat flip is the guy who's like stuck on the thing and he falls through <laughs> basically what is the ceiling, which is now the floor. And like mm. the guy falls through basically like a light fixture. Some guy had to fucking drop <laughs> 20, you know what I mean? 20 feet on the something, you know what I mean? Like that, that stuff. I appreciate the fact that someone had to take a risk, and I'm sure there was stunt work like that too. But like, you miss on this film, and we never see this film because a guy freaking died <laughs> trying to like yeah, yeah. land on something in, in, in the boat. And I, I really appreciate it. It felt, even though the limitation of the time, it did feel more real to me. It felt like they were actually on a boat that was flipping because I got to see more people. Falling and flipping, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas in the remake, yeah, I get to see more fires and explosions and stuff, but, like, they kind of phoned it in on, like, the sliding there. Like, there's, like, five people mm-hmm. that kind of, oh, no. They're not falling off of tables and shit. Like, I bet a lot of people got hurt. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, my my nod um, to the boat flip, especially on the inside of the ship, is yeah. to the uh, to the original. Maybe the, the exterior shot looks better in the remake, but... It's still very obviously CGI, and I yeah. it takes me out of it. Yeah, same. 
Let's just go into the, uh, I guess, the action set pieces of the original. Just like every ordeal oh, yeah. our group had to totally. go over. I, I wrote this one in here, just getting out of the main ballroom. Mm-hmm. So we have to climb the fake Christmas tree. This is when Russell, I'm what? sorry. when uh, Why is there a Christmas tree in like New Year's Eve? <laughs> well, because it's around the holidays, yeah, right? Uh, well, maybe uh, they... They are running three days late. They so. could have been, uh, they could have started the voyage before Christmas. Who That's knows? fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's all I got for you. <laughs> but there's a Christmas tree on board, and they have to climb it one at a time. Yes. And this is where Gene Hackman gets to tell the other girls, the hot girls, to take their skirts off. You gotta take your skirts off. There's no way you can climb a tree with <laughs> pants. This is Rose and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. It, who's got, like, the most, like, restricting outfit in the sense of, like, it's flowing, can you easily get caught in something? But, like, look, lady, Shelly Winters, keep your... Keep your <laughs> you're old and fat. This we is, don't want to see that. We want to see their life. Not you. It's for the kids. And it's like, you know, again, to Shelly Winters, like, putting on weight. Like, I wouldn't want to put on weight if you're going to have me hanging out with these, like, <laughs> hot teens and, you know, prostitutes and all that stuff. So, good on her. But, yeah, for whatever reason, she can keep all her clothes on. And, uh, hot people can't. The tree scene. Yeah, we get to see him climb that tree. We get to see everybody climb that tree kind of almost one at a time. This is, I'm going to be saying this a lot about the original. This is where it kind of like slows down. Like yeah. every little obstacle in their way, we get to see everybody kind of go one at a time. It The pacing of the original is just, it's, it's pretty poor it's, in that aspect. It's slow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's slow. Yeah, and there, there there's a sense of urgency, Reggie. We are <laughs> in an upside down boat, right? Totally. This scene to me... From a character standpoint, really leads back into that rebel sort of preacher type of thing where, like, he's trying to tell people to come along. And I guess the big difference here is that, like, people are trying to come along until the tree. <laughs> well, no, most people wanted to stay because that one guy was like, no, we all stay here. And then the water starts coming and then right. everybody starts That's right. That's right. The everyone starts. And then, which, with the lamest kind of, like, Gene Hackman like I'm trying to hold the tree I'm trying I'm trying and then the tree just topples over it's funny too because it's like okay they they can't get up there because they need the tree the tree got toppled over they could try again they could try again or okay water's filling up maybe just wait till the water gets high enough and then they could just climb out you're making a good point because they never really go back to address that but I guess hmm Jumping ahead, there are people running around later. Later, but I don't think it's... It's probably not the same. Probably not from the people from the yeah. ballroom. Yeah. I, I, The way I interpreted that was that were just people in another section of the ship. Yeah, maybe, maybe they got electrocuted. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was it was pretty dumb in the original that like there was only this Christmas tree was the only way out, and then once it falls over, these pe- he just gave up. and like, oh, I guess you're all dead. Yeah. Uh, there's no way. It's not like the water's going to raise you up and yeah, <laughs> you I mean, can just yeah. climb out of here. Well, no one's buoyant. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess everybody had like, uh, what do you call those, cement shoes on. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty lame. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> like what the remake yeah. did where they're like, okay, well, A, they didn't die right away everybody that stayed in the ballroom and then mm-hmm. they kind of they said we're going to seal the doors behind you okay that way we keep it airtight in here yep so it's like okay I that was much more believable to me totally. than like this Christmas tree fell over now we're all dead even though the water's <laughs> only up to our knees yeah it's so stupid in the original that's very true that the stakes as presented are not there <laughs> no they're, they're barely there in the original <laughs> they're, they're not there 
Yeah. If you take like longer than a second to think about it, you'd be like, wait, 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 why couldn't they just do this? I think you also bring up a good point that although it's not believable, the movie does sort of go out of its way to kill off most of the characters right there. So like we're really limited to our our group. I guess. But I mean you didn't have to kill them off right away. No, I, I like what the remake did. And it's just like, alright, we'll wait a little bit. And then Fair you enough. can see Fergie die. Yeah. Well she gives uh, that guy a hug. <laughs> the guy that's in all the movies. Yeah, man, Fergie, huh? I guess that's a character we didn't talk about. No, yeah, skip it. <laughs> Fergie's in the movie if you want to like Fergie. She sings. She sings alright. She dies. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. Stacy Ferguson. Yeah, it is what it is. Like it's either a hose taking you up or it's a Christmas tree. The Christmas tree is a little hokey. And you're right that like they barely try to help people and then everyone's just like, Oh, I guess we're Yeah, I guess we're dead. Quit. Can't swim up there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, you had mentioned hose. That's actually the next set piece where uh, we have to climb up these upside down stairs using a fire hose. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I had mentioned if you think about it for longer than a second, you start questioning. Sure. So, Gene Hackman was able to get there without the hose. Why can't any of the other. Why can't anybody else do it without the hose? Reasons. Reasons. Well, one lady is like 600 pounds. Well, okay. I'll take... Okay, the elderly, maybe the the little boy yeah. can't do it. But, like, every other person there is pretty able-bodied. Um, Gene Hackman's is, you know, past middle age this reverend. Is Why is he the only one that's like, I can I can climb it because God won't do it. I'm going to climb these stairs. Now I sound like fucking Richard Dixon doing my Gene Hackman. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a mystery. Um... I think that that's where a lot of issues you're going to have with set pieces comes in the film that that they present these problems that aren't the actual problems. So, like, to your point, yes, the Christmas tree fell, but the room is filling with water in a way that, like, is manageable. Yeah, that there's people aren't dead right away. You just kind of gave up on them and moved on. Case in point, like, when they helped the, the kid, like, Connor's or whatever his name is in the first, he's stuck and they, like, lift him up. There's, like, drapes and things on the side of the building. Like, people wouldn't just, like, die. They, yeah. <laughs> give it a shot, you know, first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there's that. Climb the stairs of the hose, another problem because, like, you again, you presented someone that can do it pretty, <laughs> pretty easily and then for whatever reason... Nobody else can. It's, like, ten more minutes to get everybody else up. Yeah, again, we're watching one at a time. Uh, yeah, they try to split it up because then they try to... We try to follow Reverend Scott a little bit around the boat. Just, mm-hmm. to, and then we come back and then they're still... They're, like, slow as shit just getting up these stairs with this fire hose. It was just like, oh, man, this is, this is going to be a long time before we get to the bottom of this boat. Well, long time. Um, and then, I don't know if you have anything else to say. We can go on to the next one. Nah, move on, because I mean, like, they just yeah. go up the stairs. Yeah, they just, they just go, it, went upstairs, and we spent ten minutes watching them go it's, upstairs. It's one of those things where, like, you didn't need to spend the time, and, like, just, oh, the stairs, and they're up, and, like, even if you showed, like, just Miss Rosen, which is a little disrespectful, but, like, if you just showed, like, well, we gotta, like, wheel this lady up, I think that that type of cut is something that... This movie, I don't even think ever considered, <laughs> but um, would would have helped with the flow of the film because yeah. it, it runs fairly long. It drags a lot. Okay. And then our next step, he's climbing up the shaft. Mm-hmm. This is where we have the death acres. Yes. <laughs> yeah, acres. right. You're fucking falling asleep. Just um, talking about uh, yeah, these sorry. Oh, acres. Yeah, acres dies. Yeah, acres dies. 
Uh, like we said, he wasn't really that important. He wasn't really pulling his weight. Yeah, I, feel, um, I feel kind of bad, though, because, you know, Eggers starts the scene. He's just upstairs like, Eggers, what's going on up there? Oh, you know, I'm in this area. You think we can get up there? Yeah, I think you can. All right, man. <laughs> Good conversation. Thanks, dude. All right, so you hold this tree, and we'll climb up. Um, and then almost two scenes later, he just dies climbing the elevator shaft. Uh, uh, yeah, and then you had uh, what's his name? Rogo went in the water to get him. Couldn't mm-hmm. get him. Yeah, so Rogo was kind of pointless there too. Yeah, well, the acres drop. I'll give him this. This is not just kind of gloss past it. That that is actually a pretty impressive uh, stunt. Um, like the drop was actually it was another good practical effect. Um, too bad it's a character that nobody really <laughs> cared about because he was just introduced 10 seconds ago and I mean well actually 10 minutes because of how much time we climbed the stairs so but um not a cool effect like you said Rosen uh, or Rogo can't help him but you know um not much to it they climb the shaft and one guy falls yeah I guess in that we had some good action in that sequence though because uh Nice butt shot of uh, yeah. Mrs. Rogo there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She needs just a little bit of help getting up there. Yeah. All right. There's always positives. <laughs> the next action sequence <laughs> is the uh, the swim to the engine room. This is where uh, Reverend Scott ties a rope around himself, swims. Uh oh, wall fell oh. down on him, and this oh. is where Mrs. Rosen gets to shine. Ah, um, that dive was incredible. This is probably my favorite. Uh, action sequence surprise surprise it involves one of my favorite character uh, yeah uh, it's pretty pretty good overall yeah, I mean yeah. a little cheesy yeah. with the uh, Mr. Scott like oh, oh no the wall fell on me and I, there's no way I can I'll just stop. get out of here myself uh, that effect wasn't really I wasn't buying that effect <laughs> that much no no but I, I guess at the end of the day it wasn't about that it was about uh, Mrs. Rosen just having this amazing moment yeah and uh because you know we talk about like practical effects and everything but since her character like had this arc and there's such weight in what her decisions and her actions mm-hmm. um that it doesn't matter if it like looks amazing it's just because uh, of what it means to do that action so totally. uh, because there was weight in it my favorite action sequence. And I think what uh, what comes back into play here that that the remake fails on is that you've taken an action sequence and while simultaneously building a character story. I now know that Miss Rosen used to be a champion swimmer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like the way she dives in the water, um, again, it's a small <laughs> acting choice, but like it's incredible. Like she just does a crazy dive in. <laughs> Um, flawless entrance, um, even for the weight that she's carrying. And, like, when I went back and looked at it later on, it was like, she literally, like, found a scuba instructor, she, like, did the work, and, and it paid off, and it made this very memorable scene for both of us. And, and again, like, weirdly enough, the 1972 film allows, like, a woman to do something. Yeah. And the 2006 film doesn't. No, yeah. There's no strong female characters in the remake. No. That's so weird. It's so strange considering that, like, it came out 44 years later. <laughs> well, 34 years later. Um, I, I just find it I find it strange that they dropped the ball so hard. 
because like and there was a lot of choices they could have had to like go after him and like the whole plan hinged on this working and she goes in frees him mm-hmm. gets the other side has a funny little quip and then ah, ah. yeah really <laughs> which was weak but yeah, like the heart attack was not good yeah yeah but like and then it was pretty good after that it's like well what do I what do I tell Mr. Rosen she's like just tell him to get here. And yeah. So that was, that was some pretty intense uh, moments for everybody totally, uh, totally. around that action sequence. Yeah, she hands the necklace. He's supposed to take it to the grandson. It's a beautiful scene. Um, yeah. For what would otherwise have been a pretty boring swimming from point A to point B scene. Because <laughs> yeah. like, the one problem with the scene is that we then do have to sit through everyone, everyone. else getting there. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, all right. It does allow... Grandpa Joe to have his, yeah, his moment. moment you know. of grief. Strong, strong scene that you don't quite get the equivalent. It's kind of like no. swapped around, really, in the remake. A little bit, know? yeah, yeah. We'll get to that when we get to the remake. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the last action sequence, I guess. The uh, getting the engine room door open. This is where we have the uh, the steam door. It's like there's this valve for it, and then. Mr. Scott, this is his big moment. Oh, why, why are you what? doing this? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, he just Isn't jumps. enough? <laughs> <laughs> How many more do you need? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. There's like four of you guys. Like, there's like, like 2,000 people. Over there. Like, I guess like maybe two more. <laughs> so he has to jump to this valve, but it's, um, there's a steam pipe, uh, blowing yeah. on steam on it, mm-hmm. which, um, okay, okay, we'll get to it. So he jumps and he's able to open the valve, but then he just kind of like, oh, fuck. There's nowhere, there's nowhere for me to go. I guess I'll just go in the fire water. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he he's navigating, he's made the jump, which is great, I guess, but, uh, the yeah. steam doesn't seem to have any effect on him. Though. I don't even understand what the steam... <laughs> I thought it was just going to be, like, burning his skin. I was like, holy shit. But it just maybe made him sweat a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. You get that movie sweat. <laughs> it had no consequence of that the steam valve was uh, on on there. And uh, he just kind of like dangles. He's like, well, I'm fucked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of just dies. Just dies. To- totally. I, I guess you also <laughs> kill off uh, Mrs. Rogo in that scene. Oh, yeah, she who died too. dies more horrifically in the fire water. Yes, yeah. much more horrific because there was an explosion, knocks her off. And she goes right down yeah. and uh, to Mr. Rogo's dismay. Holy shit, my wife. My wife. You say, look what you've done. It's the only thing I ever loved. And it's just like, all right, you know, like. Get a dog. I don't know, I don't know yeah. I guess arrest more ladies of the night. <laughs> it's just so weird. But like, um, I don't know, like, again, se- sequences that are cheesy and goofy, like, she just falls for like, barely any reason um, yeah that was that was so weird that was so unexpected i don't know what the decision was to kill her there i, I don't get that either it, you didn't need to kill her there um we were almost there yeah like right there. <laughs> and then like mr and, yeah we're killing mr scott anyway so it's like oh. totally yeah you would think that you would stop there in the film but i guess uh yeah, i don't know um what's one more uh what's one more with the scott thing too he just kind of gives up the ghosts, you know? He's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Eh, tried. Yeah, he's like, I opened the valve. I don't know what else to do. I guess I'll just die. Yeah. It was It was weird. It It was weird. I, I don't <laughs> know how to describe it. Because, <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's fire water. There might have been some other sections over there you could have, like, yeah, figured it out. Over in the water, there wasn't that much fire, yeah, right? It wasn't. You could have survived that. Swam. Yeah. Like, I'm all right, guys. I'm sorry yeah. I yelled before. Yeah. That was a little weird, wasn't it? <laughs> but then, you know, you get you get the rest of the uh, Rogo arc because he has to, like, lead them through. Yeah. Looking at all those set pieces um, in, in the aggregate, they do drag, like you said. Yes. They, they drag. They drag. They take longer than they should, but I think a lot of that is because these types of effects were not commonly done yeah. at the time. This was actually a pretty... We're treading new water, if yeah. I may hey. say so myself. Oh, hey. They were believable, practical effects in terms of like what was happening. Now, the acting into some of this stuff, maybe not, um, <laughs> but like... Looked like a ship, felt like a ship that was upside down, and these may be the types of things that you'd have to encounter in that scenario. And uh, I think that the action sequences do a great job of making the movie feel real, even when sometimes the acting isn't. Yeah, I agree. It looks nice, um, but it definitely drags on. Totally. The sense of urgency that I feel Just, like should be there is not there, not there at all. Uh, so while it looks good, it wasn't the execution and uh, just having everybody do it. Just I don't know, it wasn't great. <laughs> it looks okay, but um, it could have been done better. And I think the action sequences are vastly improved in the remake, uh, which we'll get yeah. to. All right, is there anything else you wanted to talk about the original with the uh, the action, or can we just jump right into the remake here? No, I think we jump right into the remake because. I mean, you get it. Like, you climb a tree, you get up. You, you <laughs> climb the stairs, you get up. You swim across the water, when someone dies. You get to the steam room, and two people die. Okay. And then, uh, you know, what happens yeah. next? Um, the remake does vastly improve on what I think you're getting at, the urgency of action. If you're going to have an action scene, make it an action scene. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> well said. All right, I'll, let's start with the first one. This happens pretty early. This is after the oh, boat is flipped. Finally here. Yeah, we're here. This is uh this is probably my favorite action sequence oh in the movie. Um Great. this is uh after the boat's flipped, we're still separate. We have people in the club, we have people who are in the ballroom. This is following the ballroom people and then we come up to the elevator shaft, Reggie. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we have to do here is we have this, I don't know what it is, like a table. It's a little table. Like small, a really slim table. Metal table. I mean. And we're crossing uh, across the elevator shaft to get to this door. Very uh, bridge-like. Yeah, it's, it's acting as a bridge. <laughs> and, but the door, it's a little high, so we need to, uh, we need somebody to kind of boost everybody up. And uh, it's pretty it's pretty intense, this it's scene. It's intense. There's, there's a fire on one side. Mm-hmm. you got the elevator shaft. That's like about to careen towards our heroes. Yeah. Um, like everything's broken. We got to get up here and we got to move, man. Yeah. So this isn't the slow one person just taking no, their time like no the original, sir. man. This is, this is let's go, go, go. Now the unspoken hero, Valentine, has has taken <laughs> this table, put it across the uh, the elevator shaft, and is helping shepherd people. Through to the other side. And, uh, you know, your Kurt Russells get across. Your other leading characters get across. We're down to Valentine and Richard Dreyfuss. Mm-hmm. And, boy, Valentine, again, great guy. Um, put this elevator thing up, up there. 
is giving Richard Dreyfus a boost, and then the table, bridge, whatever it is, it, it, it's broken. It's falling yeah. apart, and there's debris falling down, and this elevator is about to <laughs> oh, fucking break, and, and uh, Josh Lucas, our top billing. <laughs> our hero. The hero <laughs> of the film. Yells at the suicidal old man, um, played by Richard Dreyfus, and he says, Kick him off! <laughs> Kick him off! So the hero of your film <laughs> is telling another hero <laughs> to murder a guy that just helped all of them yeah. get across. And I will give you this. I know we were shitting on some of these character portrayals, but look in Richard Dreyfus's eyes. When he goes wide-eyed, <laughs> starts kicking this guy off the fucking elevator. I mean, Josh Lucas looks crazy. Chris <laughs> Dreyfus looks crazy. They're all bug-eyed and they're yelling, kill that man. Kill him. And we're only like 20 minutes and yeah, <laughs> this is 30 minutes first, in the movie. This is the first thing we're doing after the boat's flipped. Okay. About to die, Fergie. Yeah, we're having fun. And then the first thing our heroes do is murder a person of color. <laughs> <laughs> and did nothing but try to help them. And uh, it is insane. Dude. And he doesn't have like like this cliche moment of clarity. Like, it's okay, you can let me go. He's like, no, no, do not kill me. Please, I want to live. Right. And then Richard Dreyfuss is just like, oh, I'm so sorry. It is, is so intense. A weird choice. It was so like, nuts. why would you do that? In a movie, like, why would you do that? It was... It was awesome. It's, I love it. Is, it. I love it. That is what, this is where my weird obsession with these films comes back. <laughs> I remember um, watching that scene. Like I said, it was like right before, the, uh, the night before the rehearsal dinner. And I'm like, yeah, let's just watch some lighthearted, <laughs> dumb film. And I forgot. <laughs> I forgot how crazy it was. And we're all just sitting there. It's me and a bunch of bridesmaids. We're like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> she killed, he killed him, man. This, this old man just like just jamming this fucking guy's face so he can, and then he Mortal Kombat style yeah he does he his body go down he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't just like splat on the bottom he gets no, impaled no, no. they don't they don't give you like the subtlety of like you know what it's an ambiguous death he goes into the, the darkness and then the elevator shaft behind him no no you want fucking Poseidon? You want adventure? You want blood? I got you. That old guy kicked that guy. He just got impaled. And then we're still going to drop an elevator shaft on him and blow him. It's like a Saw movie. I'm like, Triple death fatality, man. Holy shit. And like, for the oldest character <laughs> to have murdered someone while being coached on by uh, one of the leaders of the party, I don't understand. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it like this. I imagine not everyone saw what happened there. I think that that might have been something between those two that we've never <laughs> spoken about again. It was like, totally unspoken for the rest of the movie. How do you follow that guy after that? Yeah, <laughs> after that, and I get why Dreyfus would because he doesn't want anybody to know because <laughs> you're the one that pretty much did it. But so that is. If we're going to start giving some ground to this remake, that was a hell of a kickoff. That was, and, and that was insane. Pun intended. They kicked that guy yeah. off of his feet into a fucking shaft. It was crazy. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, hands down. It was so weird because it's like, 
I'm ready for this dumb fucking popcorn oh, remake. Yeah. And then I'm like, it's just going to be, they're just going to try to survive. I didn't realize they'd be killing each other off. <laughs> oh, man. It was some, so crazy, dude. It was crazy. It was unexpected. I loved it. And, but it never, it never reaches that it level. It never gets that, never that gets crazy again. That's, that's what I'm about to say. That's, that's the crime to, of Totally. They don't go there again. No. And like. And it's like, oh, I wish they yeah. did. I mean, like, honestly, that may have helped the movie if like, this guy's getting zapped. That guy's getting kicked into an elevator shaft. And then like, even um the next sort of action sequence, we start getting into. But uh, we get to the main corridor like the huge lobby and they have to get across. It's still kind of in that space. You know what I mean? Like, all right, we're, we're, in, we're in this lobby and we're shepherding more people across another bridge of sorts. Lucky Larry's, uh, you know, he's got his flask and he's getting <laughs> hammered and Dylan's like, whoa, why don't you take it easy on that? And he's shitting on, he's shitting on Kurt Russell <laughs> and just generally being a dick, which is the character. And, like you said, you can see it's coming from a mile, mile away. He gets yeah. to the middle of this beam, and they just drop another elevator? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> or whatever that was. Or it was something, because it was like oil that followed, and yeah. it lit on fire afterwards. I mean, this movie's so fucking metal. It's like, this this huge piece of machinery is going to come down and crush Kevin Dillon, and then a trail of oil, which yep. will light on fire yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And, and, like... Again, like, we're talking about tonally, like, I just feel like there's such a shift. Yeah, definitely. You know, because, like, zap, electrocution, fucking elevator shaft, oil spill on top of Kevin Dillon's dead body, and then, like, then it it really starts to slow down after this. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, it's, (laughs) I I don't even know where to go. I mean... I guess I'm going to stick with this main corridor because mm-hmm. after that, uh, oh their bridge gets destroyed. Then uh, Josh Lucas dives like a thousand feet <laughs> unharmed into a water. Doesn't he grab, like, he grabs like a hose or something. Yeah, he like grabs like a hose and that way they could zip line across. Didn't he used to be like a Marine or something? He was in the Navy. They kind of glossed over that. It's boring. <laughs> uh, um, but like, he dives into a pillar of fire. I thought, I thought that as a reference to the original Mm. Where uh, Reverend Scott went fire, but he died. That's fair. That's <laughs> Josh fair. Lucas did not die. Josh Lucas did not die because he aimed better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You do get to decide where you fall. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I like it. You know, um, more action for your hero, but like, it's kind of inconsequential that they were on the beam in the first place. Now that, like, there are other solutions mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah. Especially this guy can dive hundreds of feet into. Yeah. It, it's it. I made fun of the remake, like, he climbed the stairs, why couldn't they? It's like, they all could have jumped in the water, too, <laughs> right. probably. If he, right. he, if he was able to survive, likely they all could have survived, so. Well, yeah, I mean, it's very likely they all could have survived, and, like, I guess your timeline gets shortened, and maybe they're not able to do some of the same things. But eventually, that water will meet them <laughs> to get across. That's true. You know? Um, although, in this case, the water's on fire, so there's a little bit more. Right, fire water. Is more not, urgency. Not fun. Uh, I already talked about passengers dying later. The vent shaft that fills with water. Yeah, as you mentioned, like with the other passengers, as they're as they're kind of walking from scene to scene. So we get past your elevator, we get past your main corridor. You're starting to see the effects of this uh, this disaster on the ship. 
um, whether it's the results of flash fires and burned bodies. Again, the movie's still staying pretty metal uh, at this point, or, you know, other grotesque injuries of, like, extras that no one will ever know anything about. Um, then we start, like I mentioned before, it starts slowing down because now we're going up shafts. Like, we're not even really at the one where they start intentionally flooding things. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, like, a bunch of them go in a shaft and they got to climb up. They got to climb out. This is the believability that the little boy is able to unscrew with the cross. It had some tension in it because you got got Josh Lucas, he's your main character, our hero, (laughs) who's telling people to murder him. He does crazy eyes very well. Um, Yeah, he's he's drowning under the water. He's like, Josh, push him up! (laughs) (laughs) Kick him, push him! (laughs) Uh, You should have been Harvey Dent. (laughs) (laughs) You would have been really good as Harvey Dent. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good tension in that scene, because, like, mm-hmm. he's drowning first, and then it's like, you think it's gonna be okay, and then it's, like, locked at the end, yeah. and then, like, he's drowning again. Yeah. So, I, I appreciated that scene. And, you know, you don't really need, uh, CG. He's, no, he's no. underwater for yeah, that. Totally. So I, I, I don't like, suffocation is just, like, one of my Yo, dude, <laughs> big fears, man. Can't, do, so, can't like, do it. I thought that's, it was just, it was really claustrophobic in the vent, too. Mm-hmm. So, I, I like that scene a lot, too. Yeah, like you said, I get claustrophobic too, so like that was still pretty harrowing for me. The whole thing, honestly. But uh, I would rather be the Kevin Dillon <laughs> than like the guy who's like drowning. Yeah, like, yeah definitely, just, definitely. Quick incident, mm-hmm. didn't see it coming. Um, no, and and again, like that scene does help reinforce the camaraderie of everyone. Mm-hmm. The kid has something to do finally. Um, oh, it's not believable, <laughs> but. Uh, also, like, the idea that it would be that type of screw doesn't really make sense, <laughs> um, given the nature of a ship, but whatever. I'm with it. I'm with it. But, uh, yeah, they get past that. And then, I think we start getting into that, that, uh, that territory of, now we're, now we're swimming. Now we gotta swim. Now we're swimming. And... <laughs> We spent a lot of time swimming after this. Like, yeah. if they had found a way to sustain that type of, like, crazy electricity, fire, explosions, that would have been cool, but, like, they just kind of go through a series of situations where, like, water's filling rooms and they have to try to escape. Yeah. And I think it, it kind of slows the movie down a little bit. Um, with They start arbitrarily showing you the ballast that they're in and the fact that like, all right, we're in room one, room two, and like that's flooding. And I really don't have a a frame of reference for it. Like, I don't know how many there are. I don't know how close they are to getting out. Um, And again, with some of this action sequence, we've gone from these crazy intense stuff with elevator shafts and stuff like that and fires. And now like the kid, but he went on another bathroom break. He had to go pee again. Like it, it just, it starts to kind of, uh, become a one-note action sequence for the the rest of the film as far as, like, I I took it. Yeah. I mean, I I, I thought it was... I'm going based off the original. Mm-hmm. I, I, I So, like, yeah. anything was better <laughs> than the original. <laughs> so they are like, oh, we got to flood this room with water, and that's the only way that pressure valve is going to open. I know that valve is going to open, and then right. they, they tried to build yeah. the tension. It's still an exciting... Sequence. It's it's a terrifying idea totally. that we have to drown ourselves first before we can get out, and you're not. It's not guaranteed to open. But uh, I thought it was pretty pretty creative 
uh, sequence. Um, but then there's that long swim where Elena dies. That was kind of a boring one. She like bumped her head and yeah, she died. Yeah, I thought that uh, thought they were gonna kind of pull through on that one. It just seemed like a bit of an arbitrary death. You know, to be honest. Um, I thought that when Connor was drowning, I thought they were gonna kill him. Now that would have been ballsy again. That we would have we would have reached the level of the elevator shaft earlier. Yeah, killing off the kid in front of the mom too. That would have been, been crazy. That would have been so bad. I don't think they would have been able to pull that off. <laughs> um, the Elena thing, I think there should have been, um, I guess they kind of take the necklace. Or, well, no, they put it back in order. But, like, I think there should have been something like the Miss Rosen yeah, scene where it's like, take this cross to my brother. Like, whether someone does it or not, like, the idea that, like, they have something to do for her oh, yeah. to make her death meaningful. Um I mean, you have it in the original, you don't have it there, while you still have essentially the equivalent pendant. Um, yeah. It just seemed like a missed opportunity there. Speaking of missed opportunities, mm-hmm. um, we had talked about that Richard Dreyfuss kid killed Valentine. Yeah. They never, the movie never goes there to make that connection with, like, because Elaine yeah. is brought on there because of Valentine. Right. Uh, they, the movie never goes to, like, you know, this guy killed the guy that brought you on board on right. the ship. right. What do you think about them just kind of leaving that out there and I, never really addressing it? It's just lazy. Yeah. It's just lazy. I mean, I don't think that even if you were talking about like a long run time, I don't think they would have addressed it at all. <clears throat> um, doesn't seem to matter. You're right. And I, I wish that we got more time with Valentine and Elena to kind of flesh out their backstory. Because I get it. He helped get her on the ship. But like, we don't really know why. I guess mm-hmm. they're friends maybe or something like that. But uh, there, there, was, there was a chance there to... To do something, or like you said, like the old man was upset at the end when she died, but like maybe if they had some tension because of that mm-hmm. um, scene, that could have made yeah. things more interesting. Um, yeah, it built some tension between them. Like you know, I oh, fuck, I killed the guy that brought you on board, and then they like they kind of hate each other, and then and maybe he, he does something that helps. Yeah, her, he know? tries to save her, does, and maybe patches that a bit. He he doesn't. He to your point, he doesn't get. Redemption for killing Valentine. No, he doesn't. He's just he killed Valentine, and we and just there's moved no on. consequence to it. He's not tearing him up inside, no. or he doesn't Which, slip or fuck up. He's not thinking about it ever. Yeah. Nobody talks about it ever. Which is interesting for a guy who, like moments before, was going to kill himself. Yeah, you would think that if you're gonna have that type of emotional sort of uh, a fight in this character, that you would have gone further after he killed somebody else like, <laughs> yeah like yeah, just took a life after like, it's just interesting that like he went from wanting to die to killing someone and they just don't even they don't address it yeah at all strange very strange uh, missed opportunities uh, so, then we have pretty much the last action sequence this is when uh, Ramsey gets to kind of be the hero here and uh, he has to swim to re- turn off the propellers is what his goal is and uh, he he ultimately just dies. They do the, uh, the boyfriend says he's going to do yeah. it. And it's he's a, like, just tell me you love me. And then while he's talking to... Mr. Mr. Ramsey? <laughs> yeah. Where'd you go? Oh, well, I guess he's going to do it. Yeah. And yeah, I wrote down in my notes, they pull the Armageddon switcheroo <laughs> yeah. where Bruce Willis is going to send off Ben Affleck to die, but Bruce Willis dies instead. Yeah. It, um, yeah, so it was... Switcheroos work when you care about the character. <laughs> there you um, go. 
I wish they killed <clears throat> off the boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I was really looking forward to the boyfriend dying. That would have been cool. Um, because I really hated his face and his acting and and everything. Um, <laughs> I didn't like him at all. So I was kind of really. I, I didn't get. I didn't read that yeah, from you. No, at all. thanks, man. <laughs> I also really thought that like the way they did the switcheroo actually kind of moved into like a comedic space that I don't <laughs> think they were going for. Which is like just like you said, just tell me you love me. And yeah. like, oh, I don't. This is weird. Hey, Not from my dad. <laughs> where, where dad? <laughs> yeah. And he's just gone. Okay. And then it's like he doesn't turn off the propellers no. he dies he, no. his dead corpse floats accidentally to this other button to reverse the propellers so it's like you, he, he failed his mission and luckily his dead corpse was able to complete it, it I, the fucking la- I broke out laughing at that yeah. moment I couldn't help it the translation, I think that like they were trying to say that he like self-consciously actually Hit that button, but it does look very corpsey. I'm pretty sure he convulsed and died, yeah. and then was just floating up to the button. It was yeah. Well, that would take a lot of uh, meaning out of his death. <laughs> I read it as he was dying, and then he like oh, last ditch. But like it does. You're right. The legibility on that is is tough. I I read it. He's dead. His corpse accidentally hit the button. He looks so floaty and bloaty. Um, uh. Yeah, no, it was a uh, that was a rough scene. That was a rough scene. Yeah, the propellers reversed, and then we have to blow up the propellers. And Dylan might have to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. because the uh, whatever thing that will explode when, when a high impact occurs um, gets stuck in the door, but he doesn't die. Yeah, either. Yeah, and the old man doesn't die when he gets hit by the the shaft door that opens to that. Like again, you've got like at least three propellers that are that are propelling a ship <laughs> that could hold like thousands and thousands of people through water across oceans going at full fucking bore and the the power being generated by that is enough to open steel doors at a rapid pace it hits an old man he takes it like mm-hmm. like a fucking Scooby Doo character mm-hmm. and I, I found that to be distracting, but you know what? I'll, I'll leave it alone. And then, like you said, Dylan, who has his chance here to be like, maybe sacrificing himself. And that's not really the case. He's just <laughs> putting this random gas container yeah. through a door, which probably he probably wouldn't have been able to do given the amount of force no, he generated. Not um, at all. Um, just d- d- it makes sense. And weirdly worked a little bit. Better than I, I. I don't know how well that would have worked, given the size of that and how big the engine would have had to be. Yeah. Um, but you know, the CGI show that was all broken and the engine <laughs> stopped. So there's that. I just gotta imagine the propeller could probably, you know, if all this stuff in the ocean, it could probably take a little bit more. Yeah, I, it wasn't believable that it would explode like that and just turn off. It could probably. Wouldn't do anything to it, I don't think. No, probably not. But, you know, that's that's the movie, (laughs) right? They gotta get out, or else we just watched an hour and a half of people just living a little bit longer. Yeah. Which, which I guess then brings us um, out of the action set pieces. I I will say, just to keep everything nice, tight, and and, uh, wrapped up, nod to the remake. Um, One for one of the craziest sequences (laughs) I've ever seen in a film. (laughs) Um, 
it's just it's just a shame that they don't touch upon it again or they're not able to get to that level again the rest yeah. of the movie. This is true. Um and also because even if some things aren't believable, um keeps it tight and just lets you move on. Maybe to a fold of being feeling a little rushed, because clearly the movie was probably supposed to be a little bit longer. But thankfully it wasn't as long mm-hmm. as the first film, which um you could take down some of the yelling and some of the the slow one by one passing um passing through. Um you could have taken some of that out. So Yeah. Um nods to the remake in my book. Oh yeah, definitely the action all the way uh, in the remake. Yeah. Alright, uh, the only thing that's kind of different, I guess, is just the endings. We already kind of talked about the remake, how they're able to make the propeller explode, and that they're able to get out of the boat that way. Um, the original, we didn't mm-hmm. talk about how they just get to the room and they can't get out, but as luck would have it, on the other side of that, uh, the hall, there's uh, someone with like one of those torches, and yeah. is taking down that... That wall as we speak, and uh, boy, what luck that they were there at the same time. Very, very lucky. Um, uh, maybe that's how they would have tried to save people. Um, <laughs> um, I guess also the rescuers could hear them through the hole, so uh, it's, it's thinner down there. It's two, two inches thick uh, steel. Uh, but it's one inch. One inch one there. It's one inch less there. One inch less there, yeah. So... Yeah. I don't know what the plan was, though, because, like, it is one inch of steel. That's not nothing, man. That is not nothing. That's that's not aluminum foil, man. That's one inch of steel. I can't go through one inch of steel, dude. Points to Rogo. Points to Rogo, who's saying, okay, we're going to get there, then what? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, outside of that, they would have just died. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they didn't. And, you know, the other thing, too, is you know they they weren't going to die, because uh, the one thing I'll say to the movie... um, does I guess maybe it's based on the book, but it telegraphs the ending at the beginning of the film when they're describing the uh, the ship and they're saying, "Oh, only a few people survive. This is their tale." Yeah. So you know, I mean, yeah, like you ultimately, hear. you know, right? It's gonna be all right, but like you know that anyway because you're watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I again think that you're right when you're looking at the uh, <clears throat> the remake. They telegraph very early on that someone's going to come and save them. Um, that's in the dining hall with Fergie. That the ship has GPS, so that helps you with the believability. They actually manage their way out of the ship yeah. through the propellers, so no one had to like physically get them out of the ship. Luckily, that lifeboat just stayed right there. I was lucky. Pretty lucky. <laughs> I was lucky, and lucky everyone knew how to like uh, use oars to like yeah. sail away from the ship. That was pretty ridiculous because the ship's so going down crazy. like this. Then it tips over, it's so crazy. and then it tips back. <laughs> it was like I don't think the ships would. No, do they, that. they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Okay, it's not me. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> and then a lifeboat also still had a flare on it, and then the two shitty CGI helicopters that were saving <laughs> life picked them up, rescued directly from the ship, rescued on the water, and another more believable but still kind of unbelievable scenario. Yeah, they're both pretty not believable, but, like, in the original, you're fucked if there's nobody oh, on the totally, other side of totally, that. Totally. So, I'll give it to the remake, because they were actually able to get out of the ship. As, you know, blowing up a huge-ass propeller, as insane as that is, um, 
they're able to believe it a little bit more than, wow, we got here and they're here. That's right. good timing. I, I agree with you on that, that uh, the remake feels more believable in that sense as well. In terms of the ending, the true ending, like the end of the film, not necessarily how we got there. Uh, yeah, remake. Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't really have anything else in my notes other than just the runtime. The runtime of the original is 117 minutes as opposed to the remake, which is a nice 98 minutes. Yeah. Almost 20 minutes shorter. Yeah. <laughs> Cuts well well spent. Um, mm-hmm. The original the original's a little overweight. Um, yeah. I think it just really drags out during those action sequences. Totally. There's nothing really happening. It's, it's the same thing happening for every character every time. So it's yeah. like, how do you make it... How you edit it so you don't have to watch everybody? I'm, there's, there's ways. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think that um, there's a part of me that wants to argue that, like, well, maybe the runtime helped with the character development, but I don't think any more time is spent no. in that character development that's, that would be lost in peeling back yeah. some of that action. Yeah, and a bunch of those characters are still underdeveloped in the original anyway. Totally, so. totally. Like uh, Mr. Martin. Mr. Martin, uh, Nani, God, I hate Nani. Nani. Yeah, Nani's, Nani's not great. <laughs> oh, my brother. Yeah, yeah, we saw him in the first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah please don't start singing. Yeah. Uh, um, is there anything else you want to talk about in the movie? Um, nothing outside of uh, some of like, the little like trivia and extracurricular stuff. I think, I think that we've spent more time thinking about this film than some of the people that wrote the film. <laughs> so, I... I'm good. I'm good, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get off this boat. Should we get to the verdict then? Let's get to the verdict. All right, Reggie. Should the remake, Poseidon, exist? <clears throat> okay. This is tough. So, there are scenes that I like in the remake. There are things about the remake that I like. As you can tell, I've seen it a couple times. I probably have more of a morbid fascination with it than anything <laughs> else. Um, to be honest, though, like... They don't tread any new ground. They get regressive with characters. Um, I enjoy watching these when I have like literally nothing else to do. But it's not a good film at all. And the CGI looks really bad. Fergie is no longer relevant in this space. Um, there, there's just a lot of issues with the remake. And there's not any real character that hooks you back in. Um... There are things that happen, like, for instance, the elevator shaft scene, which is still boggles my mind every time I see it. But, like, <laughs> when you really get down to it, it's, it's not really a good movie. Um, and it probably shouldn't exist. Oh, well. All right. Well, uh, when I was watching the original, uh, I was trying to think of things that the remake could do to improve it. And first and foremost was the action sequences. And, yes, the action sequences are much better in the remake. Oh. I also... Um, Gene Hackman is our lead character. I didn't really care for him that much. Uh, the whole renegade reverend who's cursing at God all the time. I just, so heavy handed. I was really hoping that they wouldn't have that character in there. And I'm glad he wasn't. I did miss the fact that we didn't have a Mrs. Rosen. Like I said, she's my favorite character. Best story arc of either of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, at the end of the day, I really think that these are really just action movies. Right? And I don't, there's just not, they didn't just do the action well at all in the original. Um, the characters may be a little more interesting here, but then some of the characters are pretty boring in the original too. Yeah. Um, just some boring characters in the remake, but there's some 
interesting ones in the remake too. Not as interesting as Mrs. Rosen ever, but I I really think these are just popcorn movies. And if you have to sit through one, I I, I do think the action sequences in the remake are good enough to justify it being made. So. I am going to go ahead and say I wow. think this remake should exist. I was so bored watching the original. It was unbelievable. I, had, I haven't been so bored watching a movie in such a long time. I, the only good part I really liked was Mrs. Rosen. Yeah. That was pretty much it. But I think the action in the remake's good. I don't think the story's good. I don't think the characters are that strong. <laughs> but man, that elevator shaft scene that is, is so good. That is the... it, it's just so disappointing that they didn't address it or go there again. But uh, and that that hooked me, and I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is good. Oh. This gets a green light for me." So uh, I, I I differ from Reggie. I mm. I appreciated that remake, so yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say I think the remake should exist. That, that's interesting. Like, um, I put in a category of like movies that I like that still aren't very good. <laughs> There's a lot of those that are out there. Um, Tank Girl is one of them, for example. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm well. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you were going to. You know, um, no. Compared to the original, I was just so bored. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no story. There's yeah. no story. It's, it's it's all action. It's action You're, set after another action set piece, and it's so bad in the original, especially compared to what we can do today. And I know it's very CG heavy right. in the remake, but they they still did the tension right, and uh, they hooked me after that first elevator scene, and it. Made a lot of, it did a lot, had a lot of sins after that, but I was able to forgive all of them right. <laughs> because of that elevator scene. I'm really impressed. Yeah, I'm really no, impressed. I, I was surprised too, Reggie. I yeah. was surprised too. Yeah, I um, I was coming in here today to say, of course it should exist, but uh, you know, uh, maybe because I've seen it enough times, a little <laughs> self reflection. Um, but I, I do get that if you've never seen that film and you saw. That scene, yeah. <laughs> that could justify its very existence. Um, mm-hmm. Just the the crazed look in their eyes as they're killing Valentine yeah. is is worth the price of admission. Um, um, I think what took me out of it specifically this time around was the CGI. I just like in my notes, I just had it as a CGI bummer. And I think that if there was better CGI now, I guess at the time, well, I was probably okay if it was two thousand six. It was passable. Like now, it just it just kind of bums me out. And I wish it, they had better effects. I could see that. Mm-hmm. It's just for me, they're just popcorn movies. Don't think too hard. Just put them on, have some popcorn, drink some beer. You'll have a good time. You'll probably have a better time with the remake. <laughs> yeah, no, you probably you probably will. <laughs> as much as I m- love Mrs. Rosen, it's it's not worth it to just uh, trudge through all that. Man. <laughs> totally, <laughs> she's the only good part of that original. For Seriously. Me. Wow. Okay. Right. Wow. wow. This is the first time. Flip. This is the first episode that you've said no and I've said yes. This is the old, yeah. This is the very yeah, first episode. Wow. Yeah, because there's been times where you've said which, yes and I've said no. Which is crazy because this was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you picked this film. Yeah. I did pick the films. Um, wow. Cool. It's an action movie. The action's better. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. So that that that's the logic I went and, with. And I do still prefer the Pokemon episode over both <laughs> both films. <laughs> So if you're watching uh, Pokemon Season 1, Episode 22. Uh, and 23. And 23, that's true. And weirdly, 24. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, 24. <laughs> it's a whole arc. <laughs> yeah, I did not stick around for Episode 24. Yeah, no <laughs> Once they got out of the boat, I was like, okay, I'm done. But yeah, right. wow. Wow, yeah, interesting turn of events here. Yeah. I, I'll say this for a little bit of backstory. Um, you know, you can look up all the trivia and stuff you want, but uh, 
This movie, uh, the original, The Poseidon Adventure, was produced by Irwin Allen, who uh, at the time when he was trying to make the film, Hollywood was shifting away from a lot of big budget things at the time. And uh, it was rumored around town, it was called uh, Irwin's Folly. They thought that this was like a completely overweight film, that it was going to like not go well. They had trouble actually making it. Fox, I believe, was running it, and they, they gave him a budget. They took the budget. He basically went back and like, could you give me half? He found other investors, so it ended up being a $5 million film. Uh, 2.5 of that was was uh, from outside investors who never actually paid any money but got paid a, a ton because the movie was a critical success. And um, Irwin Allen, the producer of The Poseidon Adventure, is known in Hollywood as the master of disaster. This was one of many disaster films that were very popular at the time until basically Airplane shit all over that genre (laughs) (laughs) because there were so many tropes that happened. Um, And then, you know, 2006 and around that time, we got the bug for disaster movies again. And you can see this Poseidon movie is one of one of many from that time. And you're right. If you if you got the popcorn and you don't really want to think, throw it on. Have a good time. That's so <laughs> crazy. Nuts. So crazy. All right, let's figure out. <laughs> That's all the trivia, I guess. <laughs> let's uh, let's figure out the next episode. Um, so we kind of did. I guess we would call this like an action movie. Yeah. Um, gonna be a morning oh god. <laughs> um, wanna do? Wanna do a comedy? Or mm-hmm. should we go sci-fi? Okay. I mean, we, we can. <laughs> this is another Tim Burton remake. I don't know if you know where I'm going here. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> or is it, does he need a little more time? No, no, no. I think I think we're hitting on a level where we could do that pretty well. And we're gonna go absolutely insane <laughs> talking about that film. Let's think about this one. So, uh, what are you thinking, Dan? I'm thinking we go a little different here. Go some Chris Nolan territory. Okay. I put Insomnia. Huh. Next episode. Insomnia, a little uh, thriller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. All right. Let's do that. Insomnia for our next episode. Cool. Nice. All right. Great. Well, that about does it for this episode. <laughs> it does? I can't believe you, you were a no after I... you suggested it. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know, I just thought that, uh, the energy in the room is, <laughs> took me somewhere. I was like, ah, this movie stinks. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, my favorite character in the movie is Kevin Dillon, and it's just like, well, that can't be a good movie. <laughs> you know? Hey, man, no judgment. It's not a great movie. I'm like, I'm like, being like, hey, man, how do you not But, like but you it? said that it has a purpose to exist. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, the elder scene is enough to do it, but I'm sticking, like I said, I'm sticking my guns. Stick with them. Stick with them. Not great. Lucky lucky Larry, though. Like, (laughs) love it. Um, Okay, so Retro versus Remake, you catch us on where? You got iTunes. Twitter. Twitter. Instagram. (laughs) Wait, what are we doing here? Yeah, we have a Twitter. I don't use it. (laughs) Yeah, what are we doing here? All right, all right. (laughs) Uh, All right, so... First off, uh, thanks everybody following us on iTunes. 
uh, YouTube. Thanks for all the new YouTube subscribers. Um, where else are we on? Spotify. S- Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Is that it? Nah, pretty much it. All right. So if you could follow us on any of those mediums, any iTunes reviews, we could really appreciate any uh, five-star reviews there. Um, and you could also follow us on Twitter, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, and, you know, just let us know what you think. Did you agree? Did you disagree? Oh, this is great. I couldn't believe he said no. I, I'm a no. I'm a no. <laughs> it's weird, too, because I love the movie. <laughs> <laughs> blowing my mind. <laughs> All right, well. It's a, it's a paradox. It's a, <laughs> You're a very complex person, it's, it's, right? I, I say. I can be. It's the Poseidon journey that I've been on. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm Dan Bueller. And I'm Reggie Parker. Thanks for watching another episode of Retro vs. Remake. A uh, no! <laughs> A uh, no?